This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies. All for you. Happy 2020 and hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast also known as the IPC and yes you're listening to the first episode of the new year 2020 is here we got a lot of things to look forward to a lot of awesome movies to look forward to. And yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. The movies that we are most excited for, the most anticipated films of the next few months. And it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. But before we do that, introductions are in order. If, you know, for some reason it's the turn of the decade and, you know, you, you just forgot who we are. My name is Ben. And joining me, he, we just got done hanging out in various places across the United States, and now we are apart, and that makes me sad, but it also makes me happy that we're back on this show talking some awesome stuff. It is my good friend and co-host, Mr. Zach Arnold. How's it going, man? Dude, happy new decade. That's a really crazy thing to say, that we're officially in a new decade, and having lived in the 90s, the 2000s, 2010s, and now the 2020s. I have existed in four different decades, and I'm only 26 years old. I feel old. I feel really that, old. That's just crazy. And I, I, I feel even crazier for the people that were born in, like, 89 or something, because now you're <laughs> five different decades. Like, what is your existence even? It's, it's super crazy, but... I'm excited, and I'm really excited to be back on the podcast. You're right. We spent a lot of time hanging out. We spent, like, almost an entire week together out in California. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you got to be uh, an adventurer and took a road trip across country. So during that road trip, it just happened to make your way into the North Texas area. And it was, like, less than a week after we'd hung out, it was like, oh, hey, let's go have dinner. Yeah. That was that was that was a big surprise and that was a lot of fun because, you know, it, it's not very often that you get to see your pals from the internet and so you really kind of make the most of those opportunities when you get them and we got to make the most of it a couple of times in a couple of weeks so yeah that was fun yes a heck of a lot of fun of course we uh, all flew out to Hollywood and watched the Rise of Skywalker together more than once together actually and then. Uh, Everyone else flew home, and I didn't. I I decided to drive home. <laughs> or I should I accurately say that it was my family who decided to meet me in Hollywood, and then we just proceeded to drive home the rest of the right. way. And right. that's where I met up with you. And uh, yeah, it was a fun couple of weeks. It felt like three months for me because it was so long. <laughs> but, Serious. Uh, but uh, a heck of a lot of fun. Sad it's over, but but happy to get back into the podcast, happy to get back into the thing. I know we're one week short. We promised you guys last week 
you know, it, it stuff happens. Yeah. We had to postpone a little bit, but still, we're here, and we've got an awesome show lined up for you guys. As we said, top five most anticipated films of 2020. I can't even believe we're in 2020, much less talking about the uh, movies that are be coming up in the next 12 months. Yeah, well, you, you, nobody can make those jokes that have been going on for the last five or six years, though, unless you want to say like. People keep asking me what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> How should I know? I don't have 2020 vision. Har, 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 har. Uh, like, everybody's favorite dad joke doesn't exist anymore. It's it's disappointing. Like, we got to come up with new content now, and that's not something that dads are very good at. They're good at rehashing old content, making it feel new, but they're not good at, like, creating new content, so... Uh, that's where we come in because we make new content like pretty much every week <laughs> and uh, it's it's exciting to be doing this one because there's there's some really good stuff coming out this year i will preface this though by saying 2019 seemed to have a much better slate of films than what we've got on tap for 2020 yeah that seems to be a running theme in the comments what, what's funny is we got a bunch of submissions tonight from you yeah. guys on social media and yes we yeah. did get all of them i think i think and uh there's a running theme of a lot of people going anyway. <laughs> there's a lot of people going there's not a lot of movies not a lot of good movies out but they still send in lists so uh you know i don't know if i don't know if it's gonna be a bad movie year or not i, I agree there's not as many on this as as i'm excited for you know, usually Marvel oh. and Star Wars are big, and this is kind of a slow year for both of those franchises, and those yeah. are my franchises, so, like, yeah. it's kind of slow. But at the same time, I think we're going to have some sleeper hits here, some stuff that maybe we, we're not expecting. Well, I mean, when you don't have a year that involves Avengers Endgame and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, right. it's going to obviously feel like a slower year because nobody – I don't think there is an entire person on this planet – that is as excited for the Eternals as they prefer <laughs> Endgame. Okay? Yeah, that's just it's the reality. It's true. It's just true. It's just the reality of the industry. People were way more excited for Endgame and seeing Thanos get his dues. Like, so many memes came from those two movies, uh, Infinity War and Endgame. And it's just it's not going to be as meme worthy in 2020 or it doesn't seem like it will be. But I guess we'll find out. Um, I, I do feel like I should add one other disclaimer that I kind of wish we were also doing top five TV shows we're most looking forward to. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I wish that was a thing because I am probably way more excited for the likes of Mando season two for the likes of The Falcon and Winter Soldier, Star Trek Picard, Clone Wars Season 7. You know, there's a lot of really good-sounding television working on, you know, making its way out into the world. But I, I don't know. I If we did that, it would probably end up getting really convoluted because it's like, are we talking about new seasons of stuff? Or are we talking about new shows in general? And it would get really, really twisted and really confusing, but... And the interesting thing is with streaming services like Disney Plus out now and with a couple of decent Netflix originals, uh, I, I, I really don't know what to expect of it, but I'm intrigued by Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. So, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, there's there's stuff out there that's worth 
streaming that isn't going to be like a feature length film. However, did you know that Netflix is like pumping out 20 movies or something in 2020? Really? 20 movies? 20 uh, at, in 2020? At least 20. I think the exact number is like 26 or something like that. But um, if you look at the Netflix film account on Twitter, they give like a brief description of every movie that they're doing. He's like, we've mentioned a lot of these films already, but here's a handy list of all the films coming to Netflix this year so far. And these are all Netflix originals. I'm just going to read the titles for you. And you keep a tally of how many I read off, okay? All right. These are all Netflix original films coming this year. They announced this on the 3rd of January. The Old Guard, Miss Americana, Mank, Uncorked, Rebecca, Hillbilly Elegy, Da Five Bloods, Boys in the Band, To All the Boys, P.S. I Love You, Eurovision, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, All the Bright Places, The Last Thing He Wanted, A Fall from Grace, Tiger Tail, The Willoughbys, the Kissing Booth 2, the half of it, Dick Johnson is Dead, The Platform, Crip Camp, Spencer Confidential, Sergio, Over the Moon, Coffee and Kareem, The Prom, Out of the Fire, Lost Girls, Jingle Jangle. That's the end of the thread. I was refreshing it to make sure I hadn't missed anything, but then they said, oh, and this is just a taste of what's coming in 2020. If I'm counting correctly on my fingers, that was 29. <laughs> you don't have enough fingers, bro. <laughs> I took off my shoes, all right? <laughs> Still don't have enough unless you got something Oops. to tell us. <laughs> 29 Netflix originals. So I just quoted that tweet on my Twitter page, at Zach underscore DFW, and I go, Netflix, calm down. And, and see, and see, I see that as like there's some probably going to be some sleeper hits in there, and even some that maybe aren't even hits, but they create memes and they create discourse. Like look at Bird Box from last year. That's very true. I don't think it's a super memorable movie. I don't know anybody that's talking about it still, but like the memes were nuts. It was everywhere. I never saw it, but I I feel like I saw it because of all the memes. So like. You know, I, I'm looking forward Wait, to seeing like, what Netflix. Watch Bird Box? No, no. Oh my! I, why is that such a surprise? I don't watch any movies. It's a, it's, a, it's a pop culture phenomenon, and you're just so engrossed in pop culture. I guess I just kind of assumed that that was one that you were looking forward to. No, Stranger Things is the only pop culture phenomenon that sucked me in. Um, all the rest, they have to do a lot more work for that. Oh man, I would recommend A Quiet Place. I would recommend. I Game do want to see that. I do really do want to see that. Because it's got a sequel coming out this year. Yes, and I saw it on a few lists for this one. So Speaking I... of lists. Yeah. You, 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 still, you still reading me okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm here. Okay, because we had like a really loud rumble of thunder just outside my house. And I was like, <laughs> oh dear. Oh, yeah, that's that's dear. scary. That's scary. Like, please, God, don't take my internet. Ugh, seriously, I thought like it was gonna like knock out the electricity because we uh, we actually had a tornado warning here about two hours ago. Ooh, okay, yeah, that's scary. So uh, that was fun. 
And and with that, let's touch down into our show notes and and look at these uh, whirlwind. That of- was. I'm sorry. I've got to call attention to that segue. Let's touch down into these lists. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> oh, thank you. I bow deeply from my chair. <laughs> Oh, all, all right. right. So starting us off, we have our good buddy, Mr. Daniel George, a.k.a. Dan Grievous. And he says, of course, and I should mention, he is a patron of ours. He's not just any ordinary listener. He's a valued patron. He helps keeps the lights on and we appreciate him. And the next few will be patrons. And he says at number five. The Eternals, number four, Godzilla vs. King Kong, number three, Pixar's Soul, number two, Ghostbusters Afterlife, and number one, Black Widow. Black Widow at number one. I feel like we're probably going to see a lot of that, mm-hmm. or at least in the top three, because how long have we been waiting for a Romanoff film? Yes, seriously. That, there's and, and it helps that there's a trailer out there, like... That's why I am not hyped for the internals. <laughs> Spoiler yeah. alert for my list. Um, because there's no trailer. I don't know anything about those characters. And I'm like, okay, it's Marvel. I'm interested, but I haven't seen anything. So, But Black Widow, it has a trailer out. We've seen it a bunch of times. Saw so it on a couple <clears throat> giant screens. Like, you know, it's out there, and I'm looking forward to that one. Well, and I think the other thing, too, is we at least know Natasha right a bit, exactly because we've seen her in some other movies and we haven't seen at least i don't think we've seen any of the eternals in any previous iterations of marvel no they are from what i understand completely new like on yeah. all the actors i don't think i don't think there's been any like there might be some cameos but i doubt it i think it's going to be kind of like guardians one in regards to like it's kind of going off in its own direction that makes sense and to answer my own question, I asked, how long have we been waiting for a Romanoff standalone film? We've been waiting since 2010. Yeah, that's Iron that's Man 2, yeah. Exacto Mundo. Made her first appearance in Iron Man 2 and stolen our action-loving hearts ever since. So a decade later, a decade later, Scarlett Johansson finally gets her own movie. It's a shame that it took that long. Yep. <laughs> Literally yep. waited. I'm... They waited until she died. She died in the I... main timeline for her to make I'm... a movie about her. I'm I'm literally impressed that she stuck around with the franchise ten years, long enough to actually warrant getting her own film. Yeah, you know, like ten years is a long time to be with the same movie people. And to, you know, carve out time in your acting schedule to be a part of that franchise. Like, that takes some hardcore dedication. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm, I, I think that's going to be great. Maybe, it, may, it may work out to be a kind of a perfect little send-off for the character. Or so. or they might retcon it <laughs> and, and bring her back somehow. I've heard that, I've heard that speculation. Oh, boy. I don't know what to make of that. I really don't. I didn't realize that Godzilla vs. Kong was this year. Yeah, I like, forgot about I, that one, too, because... I knew it was on the horizon, but didn't King of the Monsters come out just last year? Yes, it did. That was Godzilla, King of the Monsters, so they're kind of pushing these things out pretty quickly. They're, 
Yeah, they're they're popping them up like Pixar films. Because the original Gareth Edwards Godzilla was 20... It was before Four? Rogue One, and, you know, that's a good ways back. I want to say it was 2014, because it's on the 375 bin at Walmart now. <laughs> oh, no. I was I literally saw that today when browsing through the 375 bin and I was like, "Really? Why why is that?" Yeah, 2014. Wow. Okay. All right. And then yeah, King of the Monsters was just last year. Interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> Only got 6.1 out of 10 stars on IMDb. I want to catch up on those. I want to catch up on the universe because I don't know. It just I'm 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 a sucker for disaster and big monster movies and uh yeah. And I'm looking forward well, to I'm, I'm looking forward to Godzilla Kings and Monsters. I think, you know, not the Godzilla versus King Kong, I should say. Yeah, I mean, okay. So I am going to have to get caught up on the Godzilla films because I enjoyed Kong Skull Island so much. And I, yeah. I want to see how it plays out together in the entire universe, you know? Right. Like, I'm going to have to watch those other two so that I can watch the crossover event. But really, Skull Island was the epitome of blockbuster action flicks with great explosions and terrible writing. <laughs> those are my favorite. I, I had so much fun watching that movie. It wasn't worth the fourteen fifty I paid to see it in three D, but I would probably pay fourteen fifty for the Blu ray so I can watch it over and over again when I need some distraction in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally hear you. So <laughs> we're still stuck on one list. We need to keep going. We uh, do. <laughs> we got another patron, Mr. Joey Mays. Who actually? It was so sweet of him to ask, but I was like, "Oh no, no, no! We're, we're we're not we're not changing things up. It's the same stuff. We just forgot to do it last week." He asked, "Do we need to submit new lists?" And I was like, "Not unless they've changed since last Friday." <laughs> so we're going off of the list. We're going off of the list that he sent us last week. He gives an honorable mention, which, by the way, I'm probably going to have an honorable mention. So if you want to have an honorable mention when we do our lists, that might work. For the out. record. I have, like, three honorable mentions. Okay, well, I'm going to have to go back and look at what ones I was intrigued by, because I've only got one right now. No, I have, like, I have like five. <laughs> I went way too far with that. So you're doing a top ten, basically. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I just, <laughs> just ha It just happened. Try and trim it down to three if you can. All and right, I'll all right. I'll, 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 do some, I'll do some trimming there. You, you trim it down to three, and I'll work my way up to three, and then we'll do a five, four, three, two, one. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, but Joey's honorable mention is Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four, and then at number five he's got The Eternals. Number four, No Time to Die. That's the James Bond film coming out early April. Number three, Black Widow. Number two, Pixar's Onward. Yeah. Pixar's got two films coming out this year, Onward and Soul. And then at the top of the list, uh, he's got Ghostbusters Afterlife. And he said in parentheses, I could have listed this in every slot, but chose to abide by the rules. Yeah, well, you know so, how we feel about them, them rules, Joe. Uh, we know how you feel about them rules. Yeah. <laughs> after, after that tangent, I think everybody knows 
how you feel about damn rules. Everyone just, <laughs> everyone ever listened to that episode, like, to had their hair blown back, like, oh, crap, you're going to give Ben an aneurysm if you, if you don't go by the rules. <laughs> ben Hart with an ulcer. <laughs> that's uh, uh, that's going to be my new Twitter handle now, yep, yep. Uh, hey, I, I wouldn't put it past you. <laughs> If you're interested in becoming a patron of the program, you can do so at patron.podbean.com forward slash IPC podcast. You get a lot of exclusive benefits, including top billing whenever we do a top five episode, which is pretty frequent, about once a month. And you also get some exclusive benefits, such as access to our entire comprehensive library of episodes, a access to a special group called the Peacekeeper Corps, and so much more. People like Joey, Jake, Rachel, Dan, Parker, and Carrie are patrons of this program, and we're very thankful for them. But we're always looking for more people that want to be a part of this. So if you think that's you and you can spare two, three, five dollars a month, that's just one fewer latte than what you would get over the course of a month. Like, if you can give up that one latte to help local podcast programming, we would love you to join the IPC team, and you can do that at patreon.podbean.com slash IPC podcast. Yep. Yep, yep. All right, so up next, getting into the Peacekeepers, we got our good buddy, Sean Giroux, who says, number five, Venom 2. became a daddy recently. Yes, congratulations, Sean. I forgot about that. Well, okay, he's already been a dad. He's got a kid who was named after me. Not really, but we share the same name. <laughs> uh, he, he, he's, got, he's got his youngster, Zachary, but they... Just recently had their newest baby. I believe it's uh, baby Jensen. Nice. So uh, congrats to him and his beloved for uh, bringing some new life into this world. Congratulations to you guys. And uh, yes, got a, a pretty solid list here. Some stuff that I uh, was not surprised by. If you know Sean, this list is not going to surprise you. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, he has at number five, Venom 2. Number four, Greyhound. Number three, Tenet. Number two, No Time to Die. And number one, surprise, surprise, like you were saying, Halloween Kills. Well, he was also uh, a really big proponent of the first Tom Hardy Venom movie. So, oh, yeah, you're right. So he, he loves James Bond. We discussed those on the Phantom Fraternity several times over. I was not as big a fan. I actually kind of trashed Casino Royale, and I don't think he liked that very much. <laughs> but it was all in good fun. And he loves the Halloween franchise. He's actually helping some friends of his up north of the border work on a um, Halloween fan film. And he oh, got, really? Yeah. He got me to do the voiceover for it like a year ago, like the voiceover intro. And then not long after I did that, the star broke a limb. Like, like, oh no, an arm or a leg or something. And so, like, production got pushed way back. And then, you know, he did this little thing called having a kid. And so, like, there's been a, there's been a gap in there. But somewhere, sometime, somehow, someplace, I'm going to make the announcement that his, uh, his group's Halloween fan film is finally up on the interwebs. And you should go listen to it to try and listen for my voice. But uh, it's it's a it's a solid list. I'm intrigued by Tenet. I'm intrigued by Halloween Kills because I actually kind of enjoyed 
the the first Halloween rebooted film because they they did some things to kind of leave the door open and ambiguous for a sequel, and that's just what they've done. So I'm interested to see what happens next. Nice, nice. Uh, let me see. By the way, I I can't help but think that naming their kid Jensen is like a tribute to Jensen Eccles from Supernatural. Oh, it absolutely is. It has to be. That, it, that's it, no coincidence. It, it kind of has to be. They're, they're both really big Supernatural fans, I feel like. He's got a Supernatural podcast on his podcasting network, for crying out loud. So. In which I love those. Like, you know, I'm not like, I, I don't, you know, I'm not judging anyone. Like, if you want to name your kid, you know, Leia or whatever, like, that's cool. Like, it's a good name, but, like, sometimes they're a bit on the nose. I love the ones that are, like, just a little little south of that. A little, you know, just a little bit different. And uh, that one's just, like, you kind of have to think about it a bit. Or you have to know the person to actually, mm-hmm. like, get it. Mm-hmm. And that's a perfect one. Jensen Juru. It's actually, it kind of rolls off the tongue rather well. Yeah, it is. It's like a little, little musical aspect to it, almost. It kind of does. It's It's cool. So, good job, you guys. Uh, next is another one of our longtime listeners and fellow peacekeeper, Kenny Crayley. His list is as follows at number five, Bloodshot. Mm. At number four, Mulan. Number three, No Time to Die. Number two, Black Widow. And number one, n- n- uh, 1984, Wonder Woman, 1984 kind of cool that the top two are uh, leading lady type movies that's uh yay for feminism you know what i mean (laughs) oh man but yeah i'm looking forward to that one i really am uh i have no idea what bloodshot is i'm looking it up right now yeah i don't yeah there's some yeah that's a deep deep cut ray garrison a slain soldier is reanimated with superpowers. Oh, okay. Uh, it's got Vin Diesel in it as the leading role. And Lamorne Morris. I know him. Uh, he's from New Girl. Uh, oh, else? okay. I, I feel like I know this guy too, but I don't know where I know him from. Johannes Harkur Johansson? Uh, I believe he might have been in Game of Thrones. Yes, he was in Game of Thrones. I I got lucky with that. Um, But a lot of these names I don't recognize. Uh, Guy Pierce, I recognize. Sam Hughan, I don't recognize him. So there's there's kind of some some lesser knowns in this. But Vin Diesel at the role and about somebody who dies and is brought back to life and when they come back to life they've got superpowers so that's interesting uh, that is interesting that one could be a sleeper so good call kenny we'll see we'll see how that turns out good list good list kenny and speaking of another good list our good buddy chris abbott aka star raptor from youtube check him out if you haven't already he says, uh, not very excited about this year's movie releases. I'm more excited about TV, to be honest. He's kind of on the same page with us. But yep. here, here's what I'm looking forward to in no particular order. Chris, no Chris. particular order. <laughs> I'm going I'm to call myself. I'm going to call head. myself. Shaking my gonna... damn head. SMDH. 
<laughs> it's okay. It's all right. We'll, we'll give you a pass, Chris. Anybody else? No, but Chris Chris is okay. Yeah. Um, in no particular order, Black Widow, Wonder Woman 1984, Eternals, 1917, which is actually out right now, and I'm it looking is. forward to seeing it. It is. And uh, Birds of Prey, which is just on the, got a new trailer, I think, recently. So, uh, yeah, great list. The only reason, and I cannot emphasize this enough, the only reason you would ever get me to sit down and go watch Birds of Prey, it would have to be all three of these things lining up at the exact same time. But it would have to do with a lot of bourbon. <laughs> it would also have to do with uh, you buying the ticket for me. I'm not even using my AMC A list on this, okay? You're okay. buying me this ticket. And number three, I'd be going so that I could get my Ewan McGregor fix. <laughs> I would have. To, I'm. I would have to be wanting my Ewan McGregor fix. I would have to have my ticket bought for me, and I would have to be very inebriated. To be able to go watch Birds of Prey. You know, I'm glad you said that because I felt like I was the only one who had absolutely no interest in seeing this movie. And apparently I'm not alone. I yeah, honestly, in my opinion, this movie did not even need to be made. <laughs> and what's funny, what's funny is I know someone who's seen it. We also we both know him. I don't want to give his name just in case uh, for security reasons or whatever, right. but um, I know who people who've seen this movie, and they've said good things, and I've seen the trailers. I'm still not interested. I'm really not. <laughs> not, and maybe if it gets good reviews, and I hear some good things, and I, you know, generally if I hear my friends talking about it online, and they say it's good, I'll go see it. But uh, nah, I'm just, I'm not. I still, I remember <laughs> Suicide Squad, and I'm just like. I have no affection for any of those characters. I just don't care. I mean, I've seen worse movies than Suicide Squad. I know Jake would disagree with us, but I have I have seen worse movies than Suicide Squad. I, I've watched Zombies for crying out loud. Um, Correct. But, I mean, the, the stuff that I'm seeing from this, it looks like they're trying to blend... Suicide Squad with Deadpool with Daredevil, like Ewan McGregor's trying to pull off like a David Tennant, Jessica Jones vibe to me a little bit. And it's all kind of set in the nighttime. Like it feels like New York. I don't even know if it's set in New York, but that's where I got the Daredevil impressions from. And, and like Harley's trying to be like the, the female DC version of Deadpool kind of a, loose cannon type thing and it, i'm just not feeling it i'm just and uh, and let me let me say no offense chris and no offense to anyone no, who's no, actually no. looking forward to this movie i feel bad for crapping on his list because uh obviously chris and a lot of other people because this you're not you're not the first person or the last person to, to to mention this one and i mean it's been getting a lot of a lot of buzz with the trailers and everything like that so we're the odd ones out but it's just like I'm in your camp. I'm just like I have I'm just not interested. We're we're the we're the weird ones, but we already knew that coming in. But then, but then it's gonna have really great reviews. It's gonna have another great trailer out. It's gonna have all this good buzz, and we're gonna be the two idiots that haven't seen it. 
Well, okay. And, here's the here's the here's the thing though. I'm gonna let our listeners in on a little secret. Part of the reason that we do this episode at the beginning of every year is to figure out what you guys are most interested in watching. Yeah. So that we know what to watch and what to talk about in the coming year. Exactly. Like the, the like what's what's the point of doing a movie review of something that nobody's interested in watching? Like that's why we didn't do a review of Dora and the Lost City of Gold last year. <laughs> Nobody put it on their lists. Nobody said they were excited about watching it. Nobody said that it got good reviews after it came out. It just exists. And we didn't watch it, and we didn't review it. But there were a lot of people that talked about Endgame. There were a lot of people that talked about Rise of Skywalker. And guess what? We had Skywalker Pod and Endgame Pod last year. Because there were just so many different thoughts about those movies. So, yeah. If there's a lot of people that are saying they're interested in Birds of Prey, I'm probably going to have to bring my flask to a studio movie girl on a Tuesday night, pay five bucks for it, and go sit through whatever... DC tries to throw at me. Yeah, I ain't buying a ticket. I'm sorry. I'm just not. <laughs> well, I'll let I'll let our patrons buy it. I'll use the <laughs> I'll use the IPC credit card and go pay for the five dollar ticket, and then you guys you guys paid for my ticket and told me to go watch it. So there. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, well. Okay. So keeping with the theme here. Okay, Birds of Prey is on someone else's list. Oh, Mr. Francisco Matayana. Who um, his his is at number five, Birds of Prey. Number four, Top Gun Maverick. Number three, Tenet. Number two, No Time to Die. And number one, Dune. Okay, so I got to come back around to Tenet and tie it into our trip to California. Do you remember yes. watching the Tenet prologue at the Rise of Skywalker premiere? I saw it twice because I saw The Rise of Skywalker at this Chinese theater twice, and they showed these exact same previews. They show, So they showed everything. Do you remember what I said to you when we saw it that Thursday night on opening night? I, I don't think so. I, <laughs> I might not have said it very loud, but I, honest to goodness, the, the, the cinematic quality of it, the, the nature of the, of the pacing and everything, it looked like whatever this was was just the wrong movie. <laughs> and I leaned over to you and I laughed because I put some Jack Daniels in my Skywalker soda. Um, <laughs> I leaned over. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, dude. I could not drive myself home after seeing Taros the first time. <laughs> um, I leaned over to you and I said, dude, they put on the wrong movie. <laughs> It it felt like that because you're like you're getting it's like a prologue it's not a trailer it just drops you into it and you're just watching it and it's a good five minutes mm -hmm. of footage yeah and you're just watching it and you have of course no idea what's happening half the time because it's this tenant from what I understand it has to do with conspiracy and World War Three and time travel and it's you know by Christopher Nolan so that's a whole nother deal so like. They just drop you in the middle of it, and it feels like you're like, wow, they, yeah, yeah, guys, projector, they put put the wrong movie in the projector because uh, this is not the right thing. Yeah, and I saw somebody kind of walking around in the middle aisles and stuff rather frantically, 
and I thought it was like the studio manager like freaking out because they put the wrong thing on the projector. <laughs> but apparently there was some other crisis that he was dealing with at the time, and it just happened to coincide with the tenant prologue. And I was like, oh, dude, they're playing the wrong thing. They put the wrong thing on. They're going to have to apologize. They're going to have to refund our tickets. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> but no, that was all part of the plan. No. I will say it looked pretty awesome. And I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing what it's all about because you've this, got you know you, you've got John David Washington, you've got Robert Pattinson, um, a lot of good talent in it. Well, the the thing that it reminded me of this prologue, it reminded me of the first few minutes of The Dark Knight, the right. the bank heist scene where oh everybody's yeah, totally. Joker masks and then like the Joker finally shows up at the very end and then drives off in the school buses. Like, those first few minutes of action reminded me of the first few minutes of action in Tenet. And nice. maybe that's how Tenet will open, kind of like the way The Dark Knight opens. Or maybe it's something that's exclusive to the theaters. You only see the prologue when you go to the theaters, and you're expected to remember the prologue when the movie starts, and it just picks up from where the prologue left off. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I assume that's... It... I don't know. I assume it was like in the middle of the movie, but it said prologue, which I assume is like the beginning of the movie, which is like, again, I've seen it twice. I still don't know what the hell happened. Well, I so, mean, uh, so I mean, in a book, a prologue is like a chapter before chapter one. Right. So if this is a movie prologue, then this is stuff that happens before the actual movie or, yeah. or before things actually get underway. So. Yeah. I, I was intrigued by it, but I don't know if I was intrigued enough to put it in my top five. Maybe I was. Who knows? Well, I am I am a sucker for time travel, and apparently time travel does figure into it somehow. But, like, there's only one little bit at the end where it's, like, it's kind of hinting at time travel. So that wasn't enough to, like, sell me on the movie. I'd want to see, like, a full trailer, which I assume we'll get pretty soon. Yeah, there was like a teaser of some sorts that I saw that was rather Inception-esque, which makes sense because this is a Nolan film. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Indeed, indeed. All right. So who are we up to now? Is this Robin Glader that we've got on the on the Robin, docket? Robin. Robin. So uh, he didn't initially send a list. <laughs> um. And then he did after because we postponed the last episode and he sent it after and we're like, OK, Robin, you're, you better be glad we postponed this thing. Otherwise, you wouldn't have gotten a list in. Right. We would not have been able to get this if things had not been delayed just a little bit. So like honestly, not very hyped for anything this year except Wonder Woman 1984 and Kong versus Godzilla. And then and, and, like and, and and yeah, and I want to add in here. I want to add in here. Just imagine the SpongeBob a few hours later. Yep, yep, pretty much. And then uh, okay, I've thought about it some, and I actually do have a list. And that list is as follows: at number five, Black Widow; at number four, the Hitman's Bodyguard's wife. The Hitman's Bodyguard is getting a sequel? Oh, my God. Apparently so. At number three, New Mutants. Number two, Godzilla vs. Kong. And number one, Wonder Woman 1984. So the two that he listed before made it to the top two of this particular list. And then rounding it out with New Mutants, Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife, and Black Widow. 
Mm-hmm. That's a good list. That's a pretty that's a pretty fun list. There a few of those I'd be interested in seeing. I don't know if I'd be interested in seeing all of them, but uh, I I I'm definitely getting like a particular vibe in uh, in this list, and I'm. I'm I'm vibing off of that vibe, so that's and, and, you know something that just just occurred to me. I think New Mutants may be the one movie that has appeared in our top five most anticipated films episodes in more than one year. I'm hmm, that's an interesting thought because it it was in what was it 2018's top five or was it last year's? I think it was gonna. I think it was the year before last. I think yeah. it was 2018 I when think I it, think it was originally going to come out. I think it was supposed to come out like summer of 18, and then we had the whole uh, delay because they were about to get bought by Disney, and then Disney actually delayed it. And so this has been like a while in the making now. Yeah, it's been a, it's been in the ether, and people have been talking about it for so long that. Like, people weren't even convinced it was going to come out, and then now it actually is coming out, or at least they are telling us it's going to come out <laughs> now. So, uh, yeah. Uh, whew. Okay, so we're gonna we're probably going to come back to New Mutants. <laughs> it's it, I have a feeling it's going to come up again at some point. Maybe so. And can I just say, uh, Maisie Williams, she's in something else other than Game of Thrones, and I'm kind of excited to see what she does with mutant powers. That's going to be interesting. You've got, you got uh, uh, what's his name, Brendan Thwaites? I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's he's uh, Robin in uh, the, the DC show that I'm blanking on the name of. Uh, um, uh, Titans? Titans. He was also in Pirates, the last Pirates movie. And he, and then you've got uh, what's his name from Stranger Things in there too. Yeah, Charlie Heaton. Yeah, so uh, should should be should be interesting. Should be very very interesting. But now it's time for one of our favorite top five segments of the entire show. Uh, it actually has garnered its own segment just because we have so much fun with this. And I actually have a little bit of a joke to make after we go through this little segment. But uh, <laughs> here, here we go, folks. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and bring up the app on my phone, cause it, I got, I got to push this little hot button here, cause it's time for Shinder's list. And for Mr. Steven Schinder, he has his list, and he, he starts off by saying, Kind of sad to say this list was easy to put together, but I guess that means I'll save money on seeing movies this year, right? <laughs> LOL. Um, and then he goes, uh, Number five, Onward, the first Pixar movie to come after what I perceive as the sequel era. Uh, number four, Black Widow, ScarJo has deserved her, ro- her own movie for a long time. Totally agree. Truth. Uh Number three, Free Guy. The premise looks hilariously meta. Might as well be another Deadpool movie. Also true. Um, number two, Wonder Woman 1984. I always get excited for the trailer for, for this since other trailers feel bland AF in comparison. 
You're right about that. And then number one, we just talked about it, the New Mutants, and he says in all caps, finally, please don't delay again. (laughs) Very. Desperate. Very, very true. And yeah, I I didn't even scroll all the way down. I forgot that that was his number one. (laughs) But I'm very much going to echo that. Like, please don't let this be delayed again. Because it was funny. I have the original um, extended version of Pink Floyd's Another Brick in the Wall. And there's there's oh. like a whole bunch of talking with like some soft music being played underneath it. And this is this is how weird my subconscious was working. I heard that, but it didn't register with me that that was the song that I was listening to. And as that intro was playing, I started thinking to myself, you know, I kind of liked that use of another brick in the wall in the New Mutants trailer. <laughs> And then the song starts playing, and I'm like, holy damn, what is going on right now? Like, that's <laughs> that's how rigged into my subconscious that song is and, and how affiliated with the movie I've got it. That even when I'm hearing the intro to the song and don't recognize it, I'm already thinking about New Mutants. <laughs> I but, love it. But here's here's the joke that I wanted to make. Not not saying anything about about Stephen himself, but the whole Schinder's list kind of idea. Um, you still have not watched Parks and Recreation yet, have you? Um, no. Uh, okay, we still have like a couple of open weeks here in the the month of January, don't we? Probably. As, like, as far as content goes, until we start doing like actual reviews of stuff. I kind of want to do like an hour and a half like watch along episode where I like force you to watch two or three episodes of Park Trek <laughs> and get your thoughts on it because there are so many great things about that show that I think you would absolutely love. There's a character that is super ingratiated in nerd culture and it makes for some really really great comedy. Some of it has been memed, some of it has not. But the TV show is set like a couple of years before The Force Awakens. And so a lot of what they do is they make like references to Episode 7. They don't even call it The Force Awakens. They just call it Episode 7. And they actually like make Star Wars references pertaining to the new J.J. Abrams sequel. Oh, wow. But anyways, the I was watching an episode while eating dinner tonight right before we went on the show. And in this episode, there's kind of a entrepreneur who is looking for a spot to open up a new restaurant. But his friend group doesn't want him to leave the office and go off and start his own business. So they show him a whole bunch of crappy locations on purpose so that he won't be able to pick anything. One of the places that they went to was this closed down restaurant that was themed after a certain Steven Spielberg movie, and it was called Jurassic Fork. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it was like a dinosaur version of the Rainforest Cafe is what it looked like. Like, wow. it was it was like super involved. But... They, they asked, you know, what happened to this place? I thought it was doing really good. And they said, well, we stretched ourselves too thin by opening a second restaurant. And they're like, really? You opened up two Jurassic Park locations or two Jurassic Park type restaurants? 
And they're like, no, 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 no. We opened a second Steven Spielberg-themed restaurant. The German place downtown. Schindler's Lunch. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I've got to watch this show. Watch this show. <laughs> it was so stupid. It was... <laughs> he says it so seriously, too. <laughs> And then one of the characters says, I think you were kind of missing the point about the the success of the restaurant. It's not because it was named after a Spielberg movie. It was because dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Like, can you just imagine <laughs> eating at a German restaurant called Schindler's Lunch? That's <laughs> bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. That show cracks me up. It just does. Oh, my gosh. So, Stephen, I'm not laughing at you, and I'm not laughing at your list. I'm just laughing at the coincidence because we're doing a, a Schindler's List on the night I saw an episode that referenced Schindler's List. Like, it's just – it's too coincidental, and it's too funny. And, yes, we are going to make Ben watch Parks and Rec. He is going to watch Parks and Rec, damn it. We are <laughs> going to make it happen. It has been decided. I have spoken. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, unless you have any other thoughts about Onward or Free Guy. Actually, I do have one thought about Free Guy. And I, I'm only mm -hmm. going to say this, like, really briefly so we can move on. But Free Guy at times look to me like a live action version of the Lego movie. <laughs> yep. I'm just going to leave it at that. Just going to leave it at that. You put the pieces of the puzzle together, but it, it looked a lot like they were doing a live action version of the Lego movie. I know there were some differences, but they looked pretty marginal to me, but that doesn't mean it's going to be a bad movie. Lego movie was a cute movie. I enjoyed it. It's just, is it going to be derivative? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. We shall see. So, time to move on to our Facebook list. That's going to do it for Schinder's List. So the first list that we've got comes from somebody who's actually listening live with us right now, uh, all the way from Canada. We've got a list from Mr. Michael Q. Yes, we do. So Mr. Michael Q. Wing, I'm 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 gonna butcher your name. I'm sorry, buddy. Um. <laughs> um. Number that's five. Why I, that's why I said Michael Q because that was safe. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I bit off more than I could chew there, and it's it's all my fault now. Um, he says, number five, Sonic the Hedgehog and Godzilla vs. King Kong. He's got two in number five. Is that number five, number six? Michael Q, you, 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 shenanigans I call shenanigans. Snuck, snuck one in on you. Unless that's one movie that I don't know about. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog, Hedgehog vs. Godzilla vs. King the Kong. Fight. Sonic the Hedgehog versus Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> I'd watch that. that that's number too. one movie of the year. I would. Number too. one movie. Um, number four, 
Fast and Furious 9. I didn't even know that was coming out yet this year. Uh, number three, No Time to Die. Number two, Birds of Prey. And number one, Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, that's a good list. Really good list. That, that's, that's, that's a good list. A lot of No Time to Die has shown up so far. And I'm kind of worried mm-hmm. that I might have to go sit through a James Bond film. <laughs> you act like that's a bad thing. I was not a fan. Okay, I was not a fan of Casino Royale. I was not a super fan of whatever its sequel was. That's how not a fan of it I was, because I don't even remember what the sequel was called. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I need more than cliche, overdone, spy, assassin, kind of shows up as a badass at the beginning of the movie. Some bad guy shows up that seems to be outwitting and outsmarting them. And then somehow they regain their wits and save the lady fair and blow a whole bunch of stuff up. Like, it's so overdone. And I know that Bond is like the classic that kind of got it all started. But there's just so much you can do with that before it becomes utterly derivative. See, that's that's my guilty pleasure. Big, dumb action movies. They are absolutely, I love them to death. So uh, if it's good, I'll enjoy it. If it's bad, I'm still going to enjoy it. My, my guilty pleasure is the stuff that's bad and knows that it's bad. <laughs> like, I, I found this movie at Walmart that's like an Aussie independent film, and it's called Boar, I think. Mm. And it's set in Australia, and it's about, like, crazed wild boars that gore everyone to death. Oh, okay. All right. So, like, you don't see a whole lot of horror films set in Australia, for one thing. and Even though, like, the most horrific animals live in Australia. Right? Right? Like, oh my gosh. Also, I guess if we're talking about Australia, we need to be sending our thoughts to the people that are suffering from the fires out there. Um, Absolutely. Uh, Thinking about you guys. I know a lot of people down there, and I know there's a lot of people down there just period that are really going through it um and if you can go find one of the you know the donation things and donate to the fire well, relief hey, because yeah donate to the foundation that the Irwin family runs yes because from what i have heard from news reports their foundation has helped rescue almost a hundred thousand animals yeah, and you know you can trust them. Whereas you find might find one on the internet that's uh, less than less than above board. Whereas yeah, you know Irwin's, they've they they are the quintessential Australian family. You know you can trust them, and uh, yeah, they've been doing some amazing work. They just need to name an island after them and be done with it. They need to name Australia after them, just called Irwin. Let's go to uh, Irwinland, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Ur- Irwinlandia or something like that. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, oh my gosh! How did we get here? <laughs> I don't know. I don't let's, know. Let's go to our next list. <laughs> All aboard! <laughs> uh, one of our one of our longtime listeners, very loyal listener too. He 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 wrote us to check in with us to make sure everything was okay. We had a couple of people check in with us over the course of the week trying to to make sure that that we were that we were doing okay um matthias yolstad um sent us sent us a list he, he wrote us to see if he had just missed it or something and i was like no nah, dude we just we just haven't recorded it yet we've got your list 
we got everybody else's list. We're just going to do it another night. So uh, thank you all for your patience, and thank you to Matthias for reaching out. Uh, at number five, he's got Soul from Pixar. At number four, Black Widow. At number three, this might be the first time we've seen this one appear, The Kingsman. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe we saw it in one other list. I forget. Yeah, um, The Kingsman The Kingsman, Yes, it's a Kingsman prequel. You're not going to see Eggsy, but you are going to see how the the Kingsman organization got started. Manners maketh man. So, <coughs> oh, excuse me, that one snuck up on me. Um, <laughs> at number two, Raya and the Last Dragon. And at number one, you've got Tenet. Nice. Very nice and very good list. I had almost forgotten that Raya and the Last Dragon was happening this year because it really hasn't been talked about all that much. Um, but it's expected November of 2020. Yeah, I think it's got Aquafina and a bunch of other people in it. It's got Aquafina so... and Cassie Steele. They're the ones with the top billing on IMDb, but not a whole lot of people after that. Okay. Uh, very mm -hmm. short. Very, very short description, too. In a realm known as Lumandra, a reimagined Earth inhabited by an ancient civilization, a warrior named Raya, or Raya, is determined to find the last dragon. Nice. So, basically, Disney's counterpoint to How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> nice. T tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. You're absolutely <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> oh man you remember when when it was dreamworks that was doing that where like whenever a bug's life came out dreamworks immediately countered with ants yeah. oh man i remember that like the, that was kind of a thing that they did for a few years there was this back and forth about you're gonna do this one movie okay well guess what we're gonna do this over here you did uh nightmare before christmas well guess what we can do claymation too here's wallace and gromit like, it was just a back and forth between Disney Animation and Pixar and uh, and DreamWorks for a while there. And now it's kind of come full circle. you got a great, successful franchise like How to Train Your Dragon, and now we're going to have Raya. So should be interesting because the, the last one – okay, not necessarily the last one, but the last really successful one that they did was Moana, you know, a, a non-Pixar Disney animation film. And then they kind of went live action for a bit with Aladdin and Lion King and stuff like that. Which, did you hear the scandal about that as well? Oh, no. man, this really ruffled some feathers at Disney. Disney had been pitching this Lion King movie as like a quote-unquote live action remake. And then at the Golden Globes this past week, it got nominated for Best Animated Feature. Wow. It was it was a finalist I think for best animated film, even though Disney had been pitching it as a live action movie. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, that really ruffled some feathers. Uh, among other feathers being ruffled, but I don't think we really need to get into that tonight. No, no, unfortunately not. Uh, um, up next, <laughs> we've got, <laughs> um, up next, I got my buddy Jordan Dawson and, and funny story about Jordan um, I've actually met Jordan in person because he lives in my area. Oh, how about that? And, and uh, I was out at a restaurant, and he approached me and said, Hey, 
I listen to your podcast. Thanks for doing what you do. I'm like, well, thank you for listening. So, and we've been uh, friends on social media ever since. And I, I, I just, I don't know if I ever told that story, but I, I wanted to, if Jordan, if you're listening, appreciate you calling me out because I always enjoy, uh, joy, joy interacting and realizing that there are people actually in my area that actually, you know, pay attention to what I do on this uh, little old internet thing. So that was an awesome experience. And uh, his list goes as follows. Number five, Black Widow. Number four, Ghostbusters Afterlife, for nostalgic reasons, he says. Number three, Top Gun Maverick, also for nostalgic reasons. Uh, number two, Onward. And number one, Scoob, the new Scooby-Doo movie. And he says, it's my, my son's favorite show to watch with me is Scooby-Doo, plus nostalgic reasons. So a lot of nostalgia and some, some familiar collection, connections there. Okay, I mean, I can I can forgive because it's my son's favorite show to watch with me. Like, you're doing it for family reasons, but if you didn't have a family, would Scoob still be at the top of the list? Like, <laughs> I've I've seen the promotional material and stuff, and uh, I I just I don't. Mm. <sighs> like you thought the 2000s live action Scooby-Doo didn't look that great. Try and imagine what 2020s version looks like. It's just oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will uh, we will get there when we get there. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. I suppose. I suppose. But I th- that's probably the only mention of that movie that we're going to have all year Jordan, so I'm glad you got it in. Because I highly doubt we're going to end up doing a Scoob review later this year. Just try not to hold your breath too much. On, on, a, on another note, he says Top Gun Maverick was for nostalgia reasons. Have you seen the original Top Gun? Um, no. Well, don't feel too badly because neither have I. Really? Okay, we sure in com- we have it in common. We've, we've got that nice. Yeah. We've we've got that in common for us. Um. I I just I I guess I don't really understand the hype behind this movie because I don't have like the the Top Gun nostalgia that a lot of other people do. Yeah, for me either. Yeah. Like if this movie is is gain is garnering its success purely off of the nostalgia, like I get it. That's basically how Lion King made all its money. But it's it's not reaching our generation apparently because Top Gun was not something for our generation. I guess. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's not it's not made for me because it, I, no. I, you know, even though it looks good, you know, I I'll be the first to admit that uh, Tom Cruise, he's he's a bit out there. He's he's a bit of crazy crazy man. But yeah. at the same time, he's a damn fine actor. Um, and I'll I'll go see him in anything. So uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll check this one out. Um, wasn't wasn't he the the lead in that live die repeat movie? Right, yeah. That's that's the only one of his that I actually regret not having seen so far. I I really I really wanted to watch that, and I I don't even remember what the actual name of the movie is. I'll have to go find it. But on to another list. We've got uh, Christian Bixby, which I feel bad for you because I don't know how you're going to pronounce the next person's name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> compared compared to. Uh, compared to what you've got, I get off easy with Christian Bixby's name. <laughs> At number five, Coming to America. At number four, No Time to Die. 
at number three, Soul. I think we're getting a pretty even split between Soul and Onward on these lists. Like, it's not like one has really taken precedence over another. Um, number two, Godzilla vs. Kong. And at number one, Ghostbusters Afterlife. A few honorable mentions include Onward, Jungle Cruise, The Eternals, uh, Wonder Woman, and Dune. See, there's a lot of honorable mentions there. You, I, I guess I just need to come up with five honorable mentions. We just rounded out into a top ten or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. But uh, I, I don't think I remember seeing any any previews for Coming to America. Is that supposed to be an immigration story? It's no, this is this is coming to America, two. This is the movie from what the eighties, with Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy and James Earl Jones. Yeah, that movie. Wesley Snipes. Oh my gosh. Yep. This is the sequel. There's a there's a sequel to a movie that I've never heard of. Oh boy. <laughs> You've never heard? I've ne- I, you know what? I actually have seen part of Coming to America, so I'm not completely blind to it. But I've heard of it all my life. How have you? How did you slip past you? Akeem learns he has a long lost son in the United States and must return to America to meet the unlikely heir to the throne of Zamunda. A sequel to the 1988 comedy Coming to America. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's a comedic version of Black Panther. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. John Amos is also in it. Interesting. Very interesting. I mean, the the cast itself looks really solid. I just, I know next to nothing about what story it is they're trying to tell. Yeah, should be interesting. I'm uh, very interested to uh, see how that turns out. I think it's filming now, I think. But, uh, yeah. Um, up next, we've got Bram Van Piembroek. I'm sure I butchered that. I apologize. Um, they say number five, Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. Number four, The King's Man. Number three, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Number two, Black Widow, and number one, Eternals. I think what I'm most surprised by is this is the first time we've seen Eternals at the top of somebody's anticipated list. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not trying to disrespect you at all, Bram. It's just I don't I don't really know why (laughs) like uh, honestly eternals has not given me much reason at all to put it on any list at all let alone at the top of a list like the only thing i know about it is that it's marvel and it's got kit harrington in it like outside of reading up on the eternals from the comics which we know isn't going to be identical to the way the comics are written it never is like there's just very little information about the Eternals for me to warrant them being at the top of the list. I respect it, but it doesn't mean that I understand it entirely. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh yeah, I'm not uh I'm not on the Eternals hype train just yet, but I'm hoping I'll build. Hope hopefully we'll uh we'll get some uh trailers and stuff like that and actually start feeling some hype for that. Well, it's supposed to come out like in the fall, isn't it? Like November. Oh, yeah, I think so. So we're still a good ways off. We we still got some time, and I can't help but feeling that we're going to get, like, a theatrical trailer at San Diego Comic-Con or something. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know what they're showing is going to be at San Diego Comic-Con. Black Widow's coming up pretty soon, and then it'll be kind of a big break again. Yeah, Black Widow. And then we'll have the Disney Plus shows. Black Widow's out in May. 
So there won't be any reason to do anything at Comic-Con in the summer. So if Marvel's going to do anything, they've already announced Phase 4, so there's really not a whole lot they can drop except for the Eternals trailer. So that's that's pretty much going to be Marvel's big showing this summer, I feel like, is going to be about the Eternals. That's really all it can be about. Yeah. So, yeah. so. we shall see. On to Christy Kata's list. Checking in at number five is Top Gun Maverick. At number four, Birds of Prey. Number three, Wonder Woman 1984. Number two, Black Widow. And at number one, we got Dune. Nice. This is the first time that Dune has topped a list uh, so far. And uh, I could be mistaken, but... Oh my gosh. I didn't realize what an all-star cast this movie had. Yeah, it's got a, a nice cast Holy to it. Holy crap, on a stick, <laughs> yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah, telling you. Oscar Isaac, Zendaya, Jason Momoa, Dave Bautista, Josh Brolin, Stellan Skarsgård, and Javier Bardem are all in this movie. Yeah. What yeah. in the ever-loving F? Timothy Chalamet, Jason Momoa, um, yeah, uh, yeah. I haven't I haven't seen anything by Timothy Chalamet, so I really have no reason to be excited about him. Somebody fan casted him as me in a fictional movie where I would be in it. Someone, so apparently we look alike at some point. From the producer of The Family Store comes Love the Coopers with John Goodman, Ed Helms, Anthony Mackie, Amanda Seyfried, Marissa Tomei, and Timothy Chalamet. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I know next to nothing about him, but um, I, know that, I know that Dune has been asked for quite a bit. And so, and and going with this theme, and you said this is the first list to feature Dune as a number one. Well, it won't be the last because our buddy Jeremy Dove up next has his number five at uh, five Eternals, number four New Mutants, number three Mulan, number two Wonder Woman 84, and number one Dune. So uh -huh. that that Dune hype train is continuing here. The 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 Dune excitement is palpable, and given the casting that it's got, I might actually have to go watch this movie. This this is I mean Dune goes way back. You're talking about the source material for this was a big inspiration for Star Wars and a bunch of other things. I haven't seen the original movie, but you know it's highly influential. And, you know, this this has got a stellar cast, so I'm really looking forward to this one. I'm looking forward to Oscar Isaac as anything but Poe Dameron. Like, I, I, don't, I don't mean to say that negatively. It's just that he's such a strong actor. I would like to see him in other roles, and I just haven't. Yeah. The only other thing I've seen him in outside of Star Wars was Ex Machina. And he was awesome in Ex Machina. In fact, I would I would go so far as to say that Oscar Isaac and Domino Gleason in Ex Machina were better than Oscar Isaac and Domino Gleason in Star Wars. 
Yeah. Like, maybe a bit of a hot take there, but <laughs> don't really care. It's my show. I'll say whatever the heck I want. <laughs> hey, there you go. There you go. Uh, um, on to Alessio's list, am I correct? And He's got a hell of a list here. Yeah, I got a lot of reading to do. This should be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you want to do it in sections? Do you want do you want me to help you out here? Nah, I got this. I got this. I just got to take a really deep breath first. <laughs> I'm glad you asked what my top five most hyped movies are for 2020, Benjamin. But before I say what they are, I must unfortunately say that while I'm excited for Black Widow, it's at number seven for me with Disney's Ray and the Lost Dragon, featuring the voice of Aquafina above it at number six. Now, anyway, without further ado, here are my top five most hyped movies for 2020 with reasons for my top two. Number five, Disney and Pixar's Soul, starring Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, and Hamilton's Dave Diggs. Number four, Disney and Pixar's Onward, starring Tom Holland, Chris Pratt, and returning Pixar veteran Julia Louise Dreyfus. Number three, Ryan Reynolds' Free Guy from Disney and Fox. And here we go with the long list for number two. Paramount Pictures, Sonic the Hedgehog, which I put at number two because out of the pity I feel for Paramount with them having been struggling at sixth or seventh place in the domestic box office since 2012 when they lost the MCU and Indiana Jones rights to Disney. And since they have had more flops such as Terminator Dark Fate, Gemini Man, and Suburbicon, I like Gemini Man to be honest, than successes like Bumblebee and Mission Impossible Fallout, Given that they've made a rare move out of desperation to please their fans and potentially getting a box office hit after they redesigned Sonic the Hedgehog's model and got a better received recent trailer because of it, I feel this movie must be supported because it looks fun. Jim Carrey and Ben Schwartz are having a ball as Dr. Robotnik and the voice of Sonic, and also because I feel we owe Paramount for listening to us and must make it a hit to give us better made sequels or spinoffs because if it fails... redesign Sonic for nothing and then will end up circling further down the drain into their fall or end up being bought by a big studio like maybe Disney which I don't want to happen or else I'll be at a crisis of consciousness due to the test of my loyalty to Disney oh my gosh Alessio you're giving us essays <laughs> like I, 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 I get that you're so passionate about this but we just wanted a list not a dissertation um at number one, Marvel Studios Eternals. So we've got another topper for the Eternals, which I've selected as my most hyped movie of 2020 because this movie has a stellar cast assembled like Angelina Jolie and Kit Harington, amongst others, and has the potential to open doors to secrets of the past and future of the MCU in terms of setting up how the mutants came into the MCU. If this movie explores the origins of the mutant gene being created by the Celestials from Guardians of the Galaxy and also maybe dealing with the backstory of young Thanos, assuming he's in this movie briefly, since he was an Eternal with Syndrome and the Deviants, the enemies of the Eternals from Planet Titan. And it's another way of continuing to introduce new characters and franchises to the MCU. Oh. Do I have time to argue these points made by Alessio? No, I do not, because I just very graciously read your entire article that probably belonged on a website and not on a top five list. We legitimately could make an entire episode just based on those two. Alessio's top just, five. Just on those top two arguments alone right there. But <laughs> So much so much I want to say, so much I could say, there's so much I'm not going to say. Yeah, yeah. All in all, thank you for the list, Alessio. 
but moving forward, perhaps not an essay. Oh my goodness. I do appreciate Lesio listening, and he was one of the people going, where's the episode? Where's the episode? I'm like, yes. I, yeah. It's <laughs> nice. It's nice to be wanted. It's nice when you spend a lot of time putting something together and putting it out for people, and then, you know, with podcasts, sometimes you just don't hear back yeah. because it's the nature of the business. The silent you just kind of press on. Yeah. Silent. The silent majority of people that listen, which is great. Fine. You don't have to interact. It's not part of the thing. Just listen. That's all we care about. But uh, it's nice when we don't post and you guys are curious where it is. Like, okay, yeah, you guys are listening. You guys are paying attention. You're, you're waiting. Yeah, we did this as a test to see if you were actually listening to the show. Like, if we went on hiatus, would anybody notice? But uh, speaking of, of listening, I feel it's worth mentioning that we're about to kick off 2020 with a pretty big milestone for us as a podcast. Yeah. Um, as of the uh, recording of this episode on January the 10th of 2020... Uh, our Podbean total listen stats sit at 19,976. So if wow. we get just 24 listens to this episode, which I guarantee we will get a lot more than that, then this episode will commemorate our 20,000th listen since we joined Podbean a couple of years ago. Yeah. Now, that's not including the listens that we had on Channel 1138 before that, before we had an archive with all of our episodes on it. This is just since joining Podbean. And since that time, we are very, very near 20,000 total listens. Woo! That's a lot. And we've taken in a lot of lists, so we're going to take a breather really, really quick. Take a short break now that we've done Peacekeepers, Patrons, and Facebook. We'll come back with Twitter lists and our own lists when we resume this fantastic episode covering our top five most anticipated movies of 2020. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is IPC. IPC listeners, this is Joey Mays, intergalactic patron and promoter of my family business, Mays Sandwich Shop. We are proud to be supporting IPC and the endeavors of young, talented individuals like Zach, Ben, and Jake. Should you ever find yourself in the area of Reading, Pennsylvania, be sure to stop by Mays Sandwich Shop. Started by my grandfather in 1947, currently owned by my father and operated by my sister and me, May's Sandwich Shop has been serving delicious food to the greater Westlawn area for over 70 years. If you ever do visit, be sure to tell them IBC sent you. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. 
All right, we are back with our kickoff episode of the 2020 season, discussing our top five most anticipated movies of the year. It's a tradition that we've had here on the podcast for the last several years now, trying to figure out just what movies we should be most excited for and which ones we think you guys should be getting most excited for. And uh, we're getting ever closer to Ben and I revealing our top five lists. Jake, unfortunately, has been out of commission for the last couple of weeks, had some personal issues that he's had to tend to and uh, been sick and working a lot. So we wish him the best and hope that he comes back real soon. If he is able to make it on the next week's episode, we may let him go ahead and read off his list of five just so that everybody has a chance to read their stuff off. But uh, this week, it's going to be just Ben and myself and hearing from the rest of the Twitterverse. We've got several lists from people who wrote to us over at IPC Podcast on Twitter. Uh, We've read off 16 lists so far, and we've got about seven more to go from the Twitterverse. And then we'll get to our own. So, Ben, who have we got first? We've got Igor's list up first, do we not? Igor. We've got Igor, the hero of Tylon, as he uh, uh, calls himself on Twitter. It's at the Ron Shan 341. That's the best way I can describe it. Um, on Twitter. And he says, number five, No Time to Die. Number four, Scoob. Number three, Bill and Ted Face the Music, the the Bill and Ted 3, which has been highly anticipated. Number two, Venom 2. And number one, Tenet. So uh, Tenet getting a lot of love tonight and the first mention of Bill and Ted Face the Music. Uh, first and probably the only one, isn't it? <laughs> which is surprising because I think a lot of people like Bill and Ted. Uh, I do. I, I, think, I, think, I think they do. Uh, but maybe it's one of those ones that you don't always put on your list of five, but you're like, oh yeah, I'll go see it if that's what's playing right now. I'm, I'm kind of that way about Knives Out. You know, it's still out there and I still haven't seen it yet, but I kind of want to just because it's been something that a lot of other people have talked about now. Yeah, I hear you there. Uh, that may be kind of what Bill and Ted face the music is going to end up being like, is like, oh yeah, that's out. And oh yeah, people are talking about it. So yeah, maybe I'll go see it. (laughs) <laughs> who knows but uh thanks for sending that list igor and you were mentioning jordan being a local uh listener of yours this next list comes from darian gonzalez and he's actually from the dallas fort worth area yeah he is. he's a big texas rangers fan goes to a lot of games and uh just happens to be you know and and uh, a north texas resident that also listens to the ipc podcast have not had the pleasure of meeting him in person yet, although I feel like our paths may have crossed at some sporting event or other at some point, and we just didn't realize it. <laughs> so uh, not too much longer before uh, he and I end up meeting at some autograph session or something. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, Darian's list is as follows. At number five, A Quiet Place Part 2. Number four, The Kingsmen. Number three, Birds of Prey. Number two, Wonder Woman 1984. And at number one, Black Widow. (laughs) He also puts a little addendum in there. How about a birthday shout out since my birthday is tomorrow? But he sent us that list a week ago because we were running a little bit late with our show. His birthday has now passed. 
but belated wishes to you, Darian. Hope you had a fantastic birthday, a great celebration, and uh, thank you for sending in this list to us. Nice. Happy birthday, man. Thanks for listening, as always. Cause he's, he's always listening, and he's always sending in some great lists, too. Yeah. For us. yeah. One of my favorite things to do on our Twitter page is what I call the top five roll call. Yeah. Where people who have sent in top fives to us previously kind of get tagged so that they are reminded to try and send us stuff for this top five. And Darian's always one of the top people that I tag just to make sure that we're getting lists from all of our awesome listeners. <laughs> totally. Um, up next, we've got our good buddy everywhere, Josh at FM ghost. Oh nine loyal listener. Always love seeing his tweets and his uh, lists. And he's got another one for us. Tonight, he says, 2020 isn't looking promising to me, but I found five that I'll spend money on at the theaters. And he goes as follows, Godzilla vs. King Kong, Wonder Woman 1984, Tenet, Hollywood, Hollywood, <laughs> Hollywood kills, <laughs> Halloween kills, and The Invisible Man. Invisible Man actually looks pretty good. I like I like that whole Ming. I don't know if you've seen this, but apparently it's like a riffing on the old like monster film Invisible Man, except for the fact like it's like a they think it's a wife and her husband seemingly commits suicide, but then apparently she believes and it seems apparent that he didn't commit suicide, but he disappeared and he's invisible now and she can't get anyone to believe her, but he's like in the house trying to kill her the entire time. Oh my! So there's some naked invisible man trying to kill you, and you think everyone thinks she's dead. Uh, um, wait, he's naked or she's naked? Well, he would have to be naked. I mean, if you wore clothes, you'd see him. Yeah, that's true. That's I mean, that, that's how that works, right? That's kind of how they did the old horror version of the Invisible Man. Was he had like this big old trench coat on and like glasses and a scarf that went over his head or something. Right. And it's funny, I think when they did the whole Dark Universe thing, when they launched that quote-unquote, and then it didn't go anywhere, <laughs> um, uh, Johnny Depp, I believe, was going to do The Invisible Man, I think. So, uh, Which is disappointing, because he would have killed that role. He would have killed that role? I mean, <laughs> phrasing. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Josh was another listener who reached out to us and was like, hey, haven't heard anything. You guys okay? <laughs> and I was like, yep, yep, just had to push things back a week. So hopefully this has been a, a good compilation for you guys that have been waiting patiently and you're now getting to hear your shout-outs on the show. Uh, thank you all for sending these things in to us. And uh, a, a thank you to the, the people who have been with us for quite a while now people like josh people like darian people like uh steven and sean and uh kenny you know it's always really great francisco it's always really great to hear from you guys because even even when we think it might be a slow week you guys always send stuff in like even when we're not expecting absolutely not expecting a very busy week of, of top five stuff, not expecting a very big week, you still send stuff in and we really appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, and you know, speaking of California, 
and all all the hanging out and all the awesome stuff we did, uh, one of our little crew members is here. For the first time, I believe. I believe this is her first top five that she submitted. I think so. I think this is the first time we've had a top five since she heard about the show. Because <laughs> it, yes. it was really funny. We were in California. We went to McDonald's to go get some of the McDonald's exclusive toys, and we were talking casually about IPC, and she's like, what do y'all actually review? <laughs> Like, what are, she, what are you talking I about believe, exactly? I believe her first taste of the show was our, uh, what was it, the Alien episode? The uh, Area 51 episode? Oh, okay. That was that was a hell of an episode, oh, yeah. and uh, I, yeah, I that's not I a good first episode. I think, I think I probably missed that one. Yeah, you weren't here. It, it was best if you did <laughs> I think I think everyone should skip that episode <laughs> it happens I, I, honestly the way it was pitched to me it, it kind of sounded like what Orson Welles did when he described like the alien invasion actually happening <laughs> and people were listening to the radio in the middle of it and didn't realize that it was like a production and they thought that he was actually reporting an alien invasion yes that actually happened if you look that up that like it was so realistic like he put so much effort into making it realistic that it legitimately like terrified the world like people actually got scared thinking that it actually happened but, yeah yeah oh, just amazing man. and yeah we did the same thing it was the same thing over again we we convinced people that aliens had landed and uh had it been released from area 51 yeah that's hilarious good night that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I can understand why Celine would be hesitant to actually go back and listen to another episode. But uh, given Skywalker Pod and how well that went, hopefully she's back for more. And uh, mm-hmm. she's got a she's got a pretty got a pretty fun list that she's got going on here. Yeah. So uh, her number five is uh, Black Widow or Wonder Woman. I can't decide. Come on, Celine, don't be so indecisive. You gotta pick one. Um, number four, The Gentleman. Number three. Mulan, number two, No Time to Die, and number one, here it comes again, Birds of Prey. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Break out the whiskey. I'm telling you, we're outnumbered Break here. out the bourbon. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to go watch this movie. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, actually, for Birds of Prey. I'm, I'm glad that Mulan made it back into somebody's list, because that's one movie that we really haven't talked about all that much. Um, I'm intrigued by Mulan. I'm not super hyped about it, but I'm intrigued by it because out of all the other live action movies that have been made, this one, this one probably feels the most realistic. Like it feels like they put in a lot of research and a lot of effort to be respectful of the Chinese culture and heritage and even their history. And it seems like they're really trying and I can respect that. I'm kind of bummed that, they've announced not to expect any musical numbers or Mushu appearances or anything like that. Right. And I'm like, well, hello, you're taking away the essence of the cartoon, but maybe that's the point. (laughs) Maybe, 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 maybe that was their goal all along. Who knows? I guess we'll find out once that movie finally releases, but I'm, I'm intrigued to see what Mulan has to offer. If nothing else, the mother character, Mulan's mother in this movie is played by Rosalind Chow. And Rosalind Chow was 
Keiko O'Brien on my one of my favorite TV shows, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Oh, okay. All right. She she had a couple of episodes in the Next Generation and then kind of crossed over with her husband character Miles and uh, she she made some pretty regular appearances in Deep Space 9 and did a fantastic job. So um when they played the trailer, my my dad and I both saw her at the same time and both leaned in at the same time and at the same time said to like each other, that's Keiko. <laughs> that's how that's how big of a deep space nine fan both were. Amazing. And we recognized her at the same time. So if nothing else, Man. I'll go for Keiko O'Brien. <laughs> that's great. Um and I should mention before we move on, um at underscore Celine Jade. Follow her. Um she's a good follow. And she's she's also gotten more followers than any of us, so uh yeah, she needs it. <laughs> Oh yeah, she she needs all that attention. She's got like <laughs> ten times as many followers as the IPC podcast page does. But go give her a follow, anyways. Uh, hopefully, she's following us. I don't know. I know she's following my personal page. I don't know if she's following the podcast page. Who knows? Yeah. Anyways, on to Shadow King two four five, aka Luke. Coming in at number five on Luke's list is the Eternals. Number four, Venom two. Number three, Top Gun Maverick. And then two and one, Black Widow and Wonder Woman 1984. That's been kind of a trend. If it's not Birds of Prey or Dune, then it's Black Widow or Wonder Woman 1984. So I think I'm starting to get a trend of which movies we're supposed to be watching and reviewing. <laughs> I don't know. This is going to be interesting. Getting, getting a little bit of a hint here, but we'll we'll see. Uh, just two more lists to go before we read off our lists. I'm kind of excited. Yeah, so uh, we got Richard Cotarello. I know I butchered that. Cotarello. Let me read I'm that go again. Go with that and stick to it. Cotarello. Yeah, that's it. That's it. At Richard Cotarello. That's Richard C O T A R E L O. At Richard. You got it. You got it. You got go follow him. Go follow him. Um, number five Godzilla vs. King Kong. Number four Top Gun Maverick. Number three, Bad Boys for Life. Number two, Black Widow. And number one, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Okay. Uh, I don't think Bad Boys for Life has made an appearance until now. But, I mean, anything with Will Smith in it, I'm intrigued by. I, I'm honestly going to probably end up trying that uh, Will Smith, Tom Holland, Spy Pigeon movie. <laughs> I don't even remember what it's called. Spies in Disguise or something like that. But it, it seems pretty funny, and it seems like Will Smith getting to use his voice acting talents again for the first time in a while. Uh, probably for the first time since, like, Shark Tale, isn't it? Yeah. It's been, a, it's been a hot minute since he's done voice acting stuff. But I'm, uh, I'm curious to see if maybe that's something he's trying out to see if that's viable for him when he's done doing action movies like Gemini Man. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, he's making a comeback, though. I'm glad to see him back. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I'm just I'm just curious um, how sustainable that comeback is. You know what I mean? Right. Like, how much longer can he keep it up before he needs to pass the baton or find a, a new way of doing things? Do you remember the TV show Zaboomafoo? Of course. You, me, and you, and Zaboomafoo. Yeah, 
that leaping lemur. Now that song is stuck in my Those head. Crazy crap, brothers. Well, um, they they are uh, animated now. Did you know that? Oh, oh yeah, I think I heard about this. Yeah, so they don't really go on a whole lot of animal adventures themselves anymore because they're like gray and in their fifties, maybe. <laughs> and so, going on safari and stuff just really isn't such a good idea for them. So what they do is they'll do like some kind of strike a pose and then they do like a flashbang and when you come back from the flash they're animated and they're just doing voice acting work now but they're still mm-hmm, doing okay. animal adventures and conservation efforts and stuff like that on an animated program instead of live action so you know it's it's not too far-fetched to think that will smith could do something similar where he just kind of starts working his way through stuff and uh into the animated realm. Who knows? Yeah, very true. Very true. <sighs> All right, we got one more Twitter list. One more. Just one more. I feel like there may have been others on Facebook and stuff, but we kind of have to cut it off eventually. Otherwise, we're just going to be reading lists until the end of time. Exactly. So this last one comes from another longtime uh, listener, Kevin Davis, a.k.a. Valek Tours, V-A-L-E-K-T-O-R-S. Uh, honorable mention, the next Star Wars movie, dot, dot, dot. Oh, wait. <laughs> Too soon, Kevin. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> um, his actual list, he's got Mulan at number five, Pixar's Onward at number four, No Time to Die at number three. Son of a gun. I'm going to have to go watch a James Bond film. Number two, <laughs> Top Gun Maverick, and clocking in at number one, Black Widow. I think out of all of this, we might have like somehow neglected to mention that not only is Black Widow going to feature Scarlett Johansson, but I mean, it's also going to be co-starring one Mr. David Harbour. Yes. As Alexei yes. Shostakov. Family back together again. I freaking love that. I love it. Freaking love love that line. But I think I also love the irony that he just finished a season of Stranger Things where one of the Russian people that he plays opposite is named Alexei. And now he's playing a Russian character named Alexei. (laughs) Like, how? I love it. The the irony. The irony. The irony is strong with this one. Um, he also says seeing that there will be a movie based on Tom Clancy's without remorse is intriguing, but I guess not intriguing enough to be an actual honorable mention. I guess we'll find out. That's fair. That is fair. But that was 23 different lists. And then reading off our two, that's 25 lists to read off in under two hours. Can we do it? Um, maybe. <laughs> let's let's start with our honorable mentions. I can lead um, off if you want real, me to. Real, real quick, real quick, real quick. Yeah. I need to take a break just for a minute. Oh, and I'll be I'll be right back. Okay, well we're gonna take a break then. Give me a break. Give me a break. I'm gonna entertain people just by singing the Kit Kat song until you get back. So hurry before they all sign off on me. Give me a break. <clears throat> Give me a break. I want to take a break of that Kit Kat bar. Okay, so while we're uh, waiting for people, I'm just going to list off some release dates for people in case you don't know when some of these popular movies 
are going to be coming out. Uh, do Little is scheduled to come out January 17th. Call of the Wild with Harrison Ford is due February 21st. Onward is due March 6th. The Quiet Place sequel is set to come out March 20th. New Mutants is scheduled for April the 3rd. Black Widow is scheduled for May the 1st. Wonder Woman 1984 has a June 5th release date. Disney Pixar's Soul comes out a few months after Onward on June the 19th. Free Guy is set for 4th of July weekend at July the 3rd. Ghostbusters Afterlife is set to come out a week later at July 10th, so there may be a little competition there for the summer uh, top of the box office there, but uh, Afterlife is set July 10th. Tenant is set July 17th, so 3rd, 10th, and 17th should all be really interesting. Uh, the Rock and his new feature film, Jungle Cruise, is going to be coming out July 24th. And then we got a little bit of a break before another really big expected blockbuster film comes out. Uh, we're looking at Kingsman coming out on September the 18th. The Eternals is expected on November the 6th. And Godzilla vs. Kong is tentatively scheduled for November the 20th. Quite a ways to go before some of these movies come out, but all of them very, very intriguing. And now you get to find out which ones are going to be on our honorable mentions and which ones are going to be in our actual lists. Are you good to go, Ben? Indeed I am. And indeed, we have some honorable mentions to uh, address. I think I finally got myself to a point where I can bring up three different honorable mentions, although uh, one of them is actually happening this weekend. Since we delayed it by a week, uh, it's it's actually releasing tonight instead of a week from now, like uh, what it was originally intended to be. But I was actually rather intrigued by the two trailers that I saw for the movie Underwater. Oh yeah, it, I've heard it about this. Has, it's it's got um, it's got Christian Stewart in it. It's also got T.J. Miller from the Daredevil movies. And it's got Jessica Henwick from Iron Fist and Game of Thrones and some various other things. So it's it's not a bad lineup, and it's got a similar premise to the thriller stuff that we saw from the likes of The Meg and things like that. And I've always loved like marine biology fantasy and stuff like that because I was a marine biology major for a while, so... I'm probably going to use my A-list and go catch Underwater at, at some point. Um, I'm also intrigued by Doolittle, which is coming out a week from now. You know, uh, Robert Downey Jr. finally moving on from the Iron Man role and trying his hand at some other things. And one of his first big tries that he's doing now that Iron Man is done is Dr. Doolittle. And I remember the Rex Harrison Dr. Doolittle from years and years oh, ago. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I feel like that's kind of more what this is meant to be vibing off of as opposed to the other Doolittle that we got in, like, the 2000s, the early 2000s. Um, might have a blend of comedy with adventure and things like that, but it's been a while since that storyline has been explored, and we've got CGI now, which can give us, like, actual talking animals. So... I'm intrigued to see how this goes. And then if I had to give another honorable mention, I guess it would go to The Kingsman. Uh, I've loved the first two Kingsman films, and while I'm sad Eggsy isn't going to be in this because I think Taron Edgerton is awesome, 
I'm still intrigued to see how the origin of this organization came to be. Should still be a fun spy action flick with a little bit of history mixed in there, possibly. I'm not sure. And that's part of what uh, what makes it so intriguing to me. So, yeah, Underwater, Doolittle, and Kingsman are my three honorable mentions. Nice, nice. And for me, okay, so... We've talked about it a lot tonight. Um, Dune, you know, Denny Denny Villeneuve is doing that. You got a great cast, as we mentioned earlier, and you know, as I said, you know, it was this inspiration for Star Wars. There's a lot of intrigue with that, and I think this really could be. I'm I'm attributing it to be you know not just the filmmaker behind it, but the fact that this could be the next like really big like Blade Runner 2049, like really like old school film bringing up to date and uh really sounds amazing so i'm looking forward to that one um one that we haven't talked about at all tonight that i'm kind of surprised no one mentioned it but jungle cruise with uh dwayne johnson and uh i think that mentioned once maybe maybe so maybe so but uh yeah it's not 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 as much as i expected it to be maybe people are done with the rock maybe they're they're kind of is he canceled yet they're kind. They're kind of rocked out because you had him with, uh, what was it? The new Jumanji movie. You had him with Skyscraper, and you had him in something else. I think he was in like three films last year. I think. Yeah, he's all over the place, and uh, you know I like The Rock, but still I I love the Jungle Cruise ride. Okay, I'm a sucker, and I feel like this could be a good you know in the same vein of Pirates of the Caribbean could be a good ride movie. Um, so you know. I'm I'm interested to see how this goes. I'm interested to see what people say, and I I would like to go see this one when it comes out. And then the final one for me, honorable mention, is uh, Tenet, as we we've talked about it a lot tonight. And that you know that that clip definitely intrigued me, but also got a great cast. Um, Christopher Nolan, what can you say anymore about him? And uh, yeah, so I think that one's going to be a really good, interesting one, and maybe even a little bit trippy, which I like. And as I said, as I said, time travel. Can't get enough of that. So uh, that is my honorable mentions. But what about your number five, Zach? Well, I, I was kind of tossing around different possibilities for what my number five could be. And I actually had to uh, revise it as of, I guess, yesterday Ooh, or maybe two okay. days ago. Because uh, up until this point, we really hadn't seen anything new from this movie. And then we get a whole lot of new that made me go, okay, yeah, I might actually be excited about this one. And that would be uh, Marvel's New Mutants. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the The new trailer with the the little round table discussion thing that they did um having all of them kind of discuss how they discovered their powers was a little bit chilling but also a little bit intriguing and then to have Maisie Williams and Charlie Heaton playing off of some other really great supporting cast members in a very isolated setting giving you the idea of like a thriller slash horror film is something that we really haven't seen from either Fox Marvel or the MCU before. 
And I actually just read on comicbook.com today that a newsletter from Disney let it leak that this movie is actually supposed to be part of the MCU. Oh, my gosh. Hmm. So I don't know just how integrated it's supposed to be. I don't even know if this is how the MCU is trying to introduce the concept of mutants. But apparently there was something about this film that Feige saw intriguing enough that he wanted to find ways to integrate it into the MCU narrative. So it may not be like a part of Marvel's Phase 4 or whatever, but from what I was able to read from the article, the type of announcement that they made said that it was a 20th Century Fox production, but that this thriller slash horror was also going to be set, at least in part, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Huh, that that is really interesting. I'd be interested to see how they do that and kind of accepting that. I don't know. I'm wondering if they'll start to make use of the multiverse because like DC has done with the TV shows, like kind of anything, if you introduce the multiverse, kind of any universe is is open. So like could they put it in the MCU or could it be that, you know, that they're just going to open a portal and, oh, mutants are here now? I don't know. Um, it could be interesting. So the, the article has been updated saying that Disney has since removed the mention of the new mutants and its connection to the MCU in their D23 newsletter. But their um, one, one of their statements before it was removed, before it was redacted, had apparently implied that that was their intent. So there's there's a seriously electrifying new addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it comes in the form of the latest from 20th Century Fox and Marvel Entertainment, and then goes into a description of like the synopsis for the New Mutants. Wow. It's an original horror thriller set in an isolated hospital where a group of young mutants is being held for psychiatric monitoring. When strange occurrences begin to take place, both their new mutant abilities and their friendships will be tested as they battle to try and make it out alive. All right. Well, I'm intrigued. I'm so, very intrigued. The fact that they redacted that means that this may have been a reveal that they were waiting to make at a different time and somebody is now going to get their butt fired because they said it too soon. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but they're, they're, from what I can tell, it's sounding like New Mutants is going to at least have a tie-in and possibly just be bringing in the idea that we can start using the word mutant in the MCU there's some speculation that this movie may actually find a way to tie into Marvel's The Eternals because there's there's speculation that it may be the Eternals who are responsible for the mutant genome on Earth in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So if New Mutants ties into the Eternals in some way and the Eternals is part of the MCU, then yes, it is all connected. So we I'm shall still, see. I'm still gonna watch it for 
Macy Williams, Charlie Heaton, and mutants in like a like a horror setting like that alone is enough to intrigue me but if it does have ties to the mcu then that just makes it all the better yeah totally totally great choice and uh i believe it's on to my number five now you make it sound like you're so uncertain by that well sometimes i am all right <laughs> You just did a number five, so that means that I do my number five next? No, Ben, you're going to do number three because we're just. My number one choice is. We're doing this machete order where we skip four and we do two after we do one. Like, I I don't know. I have no idea what's happening right now. Uh, All right, so my number five is. Little James Bond flick that's coming up pretty soon that we've talked about a lot. No uh-huh. Time to Die. Now, I'm not a huge Bond fan, but I grew up watching some of the movies, and, you know, I haven't seen many much of the Daniel Craig films, so I'm not caught up on those just yet, but I'm looking forward to kind of diving into this. Maybe this will be my way of working into the new franchise, as this will be him stepping out of the role maybe something else stepping in i don't know what's going to happen but I'm, I'm intrigued by that and the movie looks good like i said big dumb action movies i love them and if the big smart action movies is even better so uh i uh i'm looking forward to seeing this one and seeing where it goes and yeah james bond i mean just classic classic stuff hopefully it'll be really good um you know and daniel craig is he's great in that role and he's he's just great at everything else too well, shoot. I'm definitely going to have to watch this movie now, aren't I? <laughs> no pressure, all right? If... Me and Jake will do the episode if you don't want to. Ah, see, I almost forgot about Jake. He hasn't been here in a couple of weeks. <laughs> and see, that's the beauty of having three hosts. It is indeed. It gives me the luxury to say, okay, you guys talk about this, and I'll go out of town that weekend or something. Who knows? You got the week off. Well, I mean, Jake's had the week off a couple of weeks, so maybe maybe I'll take a week off. Maybe you take a week off, and Jake and I host something that you're not as interested in talking about. So who knows? Yeah. Who who knows? Wow. Okay, on to our number fours then. Now, are you sure uh, it's number four? Are you positive? I'm just doing a countdown. We're going like uh, Houston style. Five, four, three, but, but two, five, you, one. Six usually comes after five, so I'm a little confused. I just did my six. I did six, seven, and eight with Underwater, Doolittle, and Kingsman. Okay, That's, okay. That should be I'm just making sure. That's a, just that making sure. Enough for you. All right. You're number four, please. That should, that should be good enough for you. Number four, uh, I am – intrigued by this movie i am excited for this movie but my my biggest case for putting this movie as low as it is is that there's just other movies that i'm more intrigued by and more excited for so coming in at number four for me is actually going to be black widow okay we we've talked about it at length about david harbour's appearance about the origin story about how scarlett johansson's finally getting her movie like, it's all coming together, and it's great. Um, I just also think that it's kind of poorly timed, considering we now know Black Widow's fate. 
Like we now know that we're kind of taking a step back instead of moving forward in the MCU, which is kind of what Feige has been like harping about for a while now is that trying to, to move the storylines forward. This just kind of seems antithetical to what they've been pitching for a while. That doesn't mean that I'm less excited for it. It's just going to be a little more jarring because I'm going to be like, ha ha, you die. <laughs> it is. Like, it's like I know it's, what's the, it's the same effect with like getting Force Awakens and seeing Han Solo die, and then almost immediately getting Solo, the young Han Solo movie. Yeah. Like it, it yeah. was really weird. Like I think I think with Star Wars it worked, and I, I'm sure it worked here too. But like it is very weird that we said goodbye to that character, and now she's back. And yeah. you know I'm I'm not complaining because I love that character and I, I think this movie will be good and it's gonna be nice to get some, you know, backstory on her, even though this is gonna be set like after Civil War, but uh you know it's gonna be interesting. I don't know what they're gonna do with this, but it is it is a very odd situation to be in. Doesn't mean that I'm not gonna watch it or that I'm not gonna enjoy it. It just means there's some other movies out there that coming out this year that I'm probably more excited for. Yeah. And yeah, I I can I'm not gonna comment on that because uh uh it may be spoilers for my list. <laughs> we'll see. Well, then let's not let's not spoil it any longer than we have to. What uh, what's your fourth most anticipated film this year? Okay, so my number four is an interesting choice, being that this is not a franchise that I'm really familiar with. I haven't seen. This will be the fourth or fifth movie in this franchise and I haven't seen any of the other films and but the thing is that it is this film really intrigues me and has me wanting to catch up on all this and maybe just maybe we will do an episode arc of IPC discussing these films at some point maybe in regards to this movie who knows not making any promises but I would like that very much and I'm looking forward to this movie because I just saw the trailer and it looks amazing. Of course, I'm talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife. Mm-hmm. This thing, like, of course, Ghostbusters being this classic franchise, and I and I know our good buddy Joy Mays loves Ghostbusters. His his love for that franchise is infectious. So like, the more I talk to him and hear him talk about it, I'm like, okay, I've got it catch up on this and I just because it's a classic film franchise that I haven't seen I want to see it anyway but like this film the, the trailer really got me because it felt very you know it felt like it was it was kind of doing Force Awakens for Ghostbusters it kind of like went back to the well and got some of those you know interesting um familiar iconography but also did its own thing and it feels really different and I feel like it could be a really great sequel from what I can remember of the of, of the original films, but also something very different. So I'm looking forward to seeing that film, but I gotta watch the other ones first to kind of get what's going on. So at some point this year, I guess I'm gonna be watching all of the Ghostbusters films and watching this film. Yeah, you mentioned Joey's infectious fandom for the Ghostbusters franchise. I'm pretty sure he's been asking us to do a Ghostbusters arc for two years. And now that we're talking about it, he won't shut up about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm sure about two or three days from when we recorded this, his uh, he's going to be blowing up our Twitter feed, being like, yes, yes, he's yes! He's screaming right now, wherever he is. Uh, probably. Joey, um, 
I think it's pretty safe to say you can get your hopes up for a Ghostbusters art because I bought the uh, the previous three films on DVD at Walmart not too long ago. So I've got everything I need to be able to do a rewatch. I just need a podcast to talk about it on. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Saying. Just saying. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife is due to come out July the 10th, so that's probably going to be one of the big summer blockbuster flicks. So sometime between now and July, we got to watch a couple of uh, Ghostbusters films. I think the thing is, for me, I really want to watch it for um so that i can i can get the references made in stranger things yes yes and and they even played the ghostbusters theme when they all dressed up as the ghostbusters and and you've got finn wolfhard who's going to be in this movie as one of the stars well Um, how about that and i didn't I didn't even know that. I was setting you up for that. I was tossing you an alley-oop, and I didn't even know it. <laughs> yes, yes. And Paul Rudd's in it, too. So, like, that the cast has got me sold. Like, so that's, you know, it's going to be dealing with, I think, Harold Ramis' grandkids, I think, and maybe Finn Wolfhard is one of them. I don't know. But uh, I'm looking forward to finding out very soon. It's, uh, it's just a few months away. Not too far. That's a that's that's a good one, man. I I have not seen the trailer, so it was hard for me to be able to say. But uh, I have a I have a pretty strong feeling I'm going to see it anyways. So maybe I just go into it cold and just enjoy it for what it is. That's always fun to do. Unlike some people who had way too high expectations for a certain blockbuster flick that came out last <laughs> month, and got severely disappointed by it. Oh no! As someone who is highly critical of that film, uh, yeah. Yeah, y'all, y'all need to, y'all need to chill. <laughs> even, even when, when someone who like dislikes a movie is still going, y'all, just calm down, please. Like, you know, you've go, you've gone too far. <laughs> we won't get into uh, that tonight, though. We've already been no, over that. Uh, we did like four hours on that, so we've we're yeah, done. We're than, done. Like four and a half, six and a half, if you're counting the rapid reactions episode. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, we, you've you've heard us talk about that ad nauseum already. No. You want to hear? You want to hear them talk about it some more? Go listen to the SWU podcast. That's what it's there for. Yeah, and then the the latest SWU podcast is getting complaints now because we went <laughs> off for three hours. Ah, oh ah. man, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a wild, wild ride with that movie but we're not talking about that tonight we're talking about these movies future movies and uh what we got next uh number three on our list of movies that we're most anticipating and mine may come as a little bit of a surprise to you just because this um this movie really hasn't been talked about as much it really hasn't been hyped up as much Mm -hmm. But I think it's only because this franchise has another movie coming before it, and they're kind of doing the hype in sequence. Um, but interestingly enough, I'm not as excited for Onward as I am for Disney Pixar's Soul. Oh, yeah. I was very intrigued by the way that they tried to depict the essence of a person not the emotions of a person they they did that with inside out 
like that that dealt with emotions and how you respond to different things but this was like the character who you are and what kind of things you're passionate about and how those passions can sometimes interact with or clash with some of the other souls that you are interacting with. And the plot summary on IMDb is very simple, very straightforward. It says, a musician who has lost his passion for music is transported out of his body and must find his way back with the help of an infant soul learning about herself. Hmm. So it seems very introspective. It seems very spiritual. And it seems almost soul-searching, if you will, if you'll pardon the pun, but, um, or whatever you want to call it. But it, it just seems like another one of those great Pixar's gonna make you think type of movies. Onward kind of reminds me of like an adventure type film, like what you get with uh, something along the lines of Bugs Life or Monsters, Inc., you know? But this one feels more like one of those introspective type films like Wally or Inside Out or something like that. And those are usually the ones that I end up enjoying the most and, and getting the most out of. And I'm curious to see how this one's going to play out. Um, the animation looks cool and you've got, uh, you got some, you got some people like Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey that are kind of headlining this film. And so um, I'm just interested to see where this movie ends up taking us. That, yeah, that, I think, you know, they really nailed it with these films. And, you know, they're they're emotional. They're, you know, they're really touching. They're heartfelt. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this one could be really great. And also just continues the you know, the, the Disney tradition of what if this had feelings? What if souls had feelings? Um, so, yeah, I'm game for this. It should be interesting. And uh, I'm, I'm always excited for new Pixar. I, I love it when they decide to go with a completely original story. And they're not doing that once. They're doing that twice this year. Mm -hmm. So... Props to Pixar for coming up with some original content instead of belting out Cars 3, Toy Story 4, Monsters University, whatever. Like, give us some new content. And they've done that, and they've done that with a couple of really fantastic actors and actresses, giving us Chris Pratt and Julie Louise Dreyfus and Tom Holland with Onward, giving us Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey with Soul. Uh, aside from movies like Cars 2 and The Good Dinosaur, we know that the story's going to be good. Like... It's it's shaping up to be a pretty decent year for Pixar if both of these movies go the way I expect them to. Yeah, yeah, should be really, really great. All right, so I believe we are up to my number three. We are indeed. And it's one we've, we've talked about a lot tonight. I won't go into too many details, but yes, I am excited for this one. It's in the middle of the pack for me. There's ones that I am more excited for, but this one coming up pretty soon and, you know, obviously being part of the more MCU is a huge deal for me. And so Black Widow comes in at number three for me. And, you know, as we stated, you know, I think this, this film is long overdue. 
for a character that I think we all love and uh, interested to see what they do with it because I, I did really enjoy the trailer. I wasn't too hyped before I saw the trailer, but I think that trailer really was did a good job of introducing all the characters, getting more into her backstory, and, you know, you got Dave Harbor, you got a really good cast behind her, so, uh, and uh, there's even rumors of some possible cameos. I think maybe Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. back, I don't know, but uh, that'll be weird and interesting, but also uh, very exciting. But, uh, yeah, Black Widow, number three for me. Well, I mean... When it's the MCU and when it's a character that we've been waiting 10 years to see her own standalone film, of course we're going to go see it. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and given just how excited everybody else seems to be for this is kind of a given that we're going to end up talking about Black Widow at some point in 2020. Absolutely. Absolutely. So be on the lookout for that, folks. Pretty sure it's going to happen. If it's on both of our top fives, uh, this is this is the first time that one of these movies has shown up in both of our top fives. Don't think it'll be the last, but uh, I think there's only one other film that would round out in these top two that we would both end up wanting to see. Uh, just don't know where it's going to land. I guess we'll see. Uh, so on to my second most anticipated film of the year and of the decade so far. You mean your number? <laughs> you mean your number two? I didn't say that. You said that. Well, I knew you weren't gonna say it, so I said it. You said it. You, <laughs> you, 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 uh, you bit the bullet, and uh, I, I appreciate that. Uh, where is it? Where did it go? I thought I had. Hmm. I thought I had it like a ran, fart. It noise. just ran off. I thought. I thought I had like a. <laughs> except more of a more of a fart type sound <laughs> or just a boo or well yeah i've got that too also i've got i've got a boo sound but i honestly thought i had like like come on you can't <laughs> come on you can't fart on command more like that oh i can but i'm not going to <laughs> Were you able to distinguish what that was? Um, yeah, too much, too much. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yes, uh, you, you you didn't hear me face palming, and I'm pretty sure everyone <laughs> turned off their uh, their phones. Yeah, the title of that button was Jingle Farts. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. Oh my god. <laughs> And now everybody else that just heard that is now going. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yes. My number two. Um, I've actually been flip flopping my number two, and my number one for a little bit now. But I think it's finally safe to say that uh, I am more excited for one than the other um and it's actually the most recent trailer for my number one that bumped this one down to number two i'll explain all of that in a second 
But my second most anticipated movie is now Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, interesting. Now, I will preface this by saying if we get another really epic trailer between now and the movie, it's possible that these two may flip again. Because I love the 80s. I love 80s music and fashion and just the people, the way things were back then. I really enjoyed the first Wonder Woman movie. I'm glad that Steve Trevor is coming back. I love Chris Pine, and I love his on-screen chemistry with Gal Gadot. Like, I think this movie has a crap ton of potential. And that's why I'm really excited to go see it. I just also happen to be a really big fan of the franchise that my number one has become a part of. And I'm, I'm just... I'm more excited based on what I saw from the most recent trailer, and that's why it's been bumped up to my number one. But Wonder Woman 1984 is a very close second for a lot of reasons, and I'm looking forward to seeing the latest installment of the only good part of the DCEU. (laughs) Oh, oh, ouch. Well, okay, I take that back. I enjoyed Aquaman. Have Have you seen Shazam? No, don't care to. Wow, wow, you you went there. there. There, there was there was there was nothing about the trailers or the reviews that made me feel like it was worth my time. I I respectfully disagree. I respectfully disagree. You you do you you do you. I'm I'm not gonna judge you. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do go there because uh, yeah, just not gonna go there. But uh, I, I mean, liked it. I, I liked I, it. I probably will see it at some point. That that's not to say that I, I'm like totally against it or that I'm boycotting it or something. It's just things have gotten busy and I've got to be a little more selective about what I'm watching and when, and I just haven't really gone out of my way to like rent it or buy it or anything like that. And so, if I get the opportunity and I find it, you know, on sale somewhere or I've just finally have the flexibility in my budget to buy it or rent it or whatever i'll end up seeing it i'm just not in a rush to see it i totally get you i totally get you but uh wonder woman 1984 i am also looking forward to and it's a good one but it's not my number two all right number two is a little movie that i'm kind of sad that more people didn't talk about tonight but we we did mention it earlier and it's one that I hadn't heard of before I watched the trailer, and then I watched the trailer, and I fell in love with the concept of this movie. It could very well be terrible. I'm just putting that out there. But it's got a good cast, and it's got a great premise. I am totally looking forward to and put at number two for my list, Free Guy. This okay. New movie that's coming out with Ryan Reynolds, and they just dropped the trailer. Uh, you know, I think it was December last month, and I just it just has me totally enamored with the idea of this Ryan Reynolds playing a basically a NPC in a video game that's just used to all this destruction happening. It's basically like GTA, and just all this is happening. He's constantly getting beat up and. And he's working in a bank and is constantly getting robbed. And there's all these, you know, players coming in and just wreaking havoc. And eventually, just one day, he just turns around and like, okay, I'm going to do something. And he he becomes self-aware of he's in a video game. And 
he gets these sunglasses that, you know, can show him all the stuff that's happening in the video game. And, um, yeah, it's just, I, I don't know, like I said, it could be terrible, but I still want to see this just based on the trailer and based on the concept of, you know, and doing something very different, I think. It's a lot the same. You have, well, give them your comparison. I think it's a good comparison. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm going to stand by my belief that they really didn't think of making this movie until after somebody at the studio saw the Lego movie. It feels very Lego movie. And like, I also I also think it's I also think that like people have talked about it for like oh making a Grand Theft Auto movie I feel like that is this. I mean it could be I I I do see the similarities to GTA, but I think I see more the similarities to the Lego movie. But that's that's just where I'm coming from. I really haven't played GTA as much as a lot of my uh, counterparts have, so maybe my perspective is a little bit slanted, but everybody's is to some degree it it could yeah it it could be very well like i don't know i don't know what they're gonna go with this but like i love all of the video game references and the Fortnite dances they threw in i think it could really be a treasure trove of you know kind of a commentary on the video game world well and video games are such a part of our society now it's such a part of pop culture that it does deserve to be recognized and it does need to be integrated in some capacity, probably in a better way than Rampage was integrated from a game into a movie. Um, I'm still waiting for a racing game that resembles Mario Kart, but you know Nintendo's never going to sign off on that. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like I said, that's just something that I'm like on the fringes hoping for one day. Who knows? But if you look at the characters of guy and Emmett, they're basically living pretty similar lives you're right everything is awesome we're doing the same thing every day and life is amazing and oh this is just another part of life we're getting robbed that happens pretty regularly oh this is just a part of life we're building lego buildings that's just what happens and then some kind of circumstance comes in and shakes up the norm and the hero character that we're watching decides that they're going to develop some form of sentience and become more than they were meant to be. Like, yeah, it's an inspiring story. The only problem is it's been told before. And and that, that's the part that I'm worried about is that is this different enough to tell its own story or are we going to be watching this the whole time thinking that we saw it four or five years ago with the Lego movie? I I feel like because it's completely live action and you're not jumping back and forth between animated Lego figurines and real people, that it's probably going to be different enough. It's just the storytelling, the vibes, the impressions that I got from the trailer reminded me more of a Lego movie reboot than it did the story, uh, like an original story of an NPC. I know that's what they were trying to convey. It's just not necessarily how I interpreted it, I guess. Yeah, it's basically the Lego movie with with dick jokes. Yeah, more or less. (laughs) More or less. And, And don't get me wrong, I love Ryan Reynolds. And I'm super excited that he's in conversations with Disney and Fox to try and make a third Deadpool movie. Uh 
I, I love the Deadpool franchise and I love everything that he's done, uh, breaking the fourth wall and being self-referential when talking about Green Lantern and, you know, the, the jokes and how crass his, his humor is. It's different. And I guess when it's a, a Ryan Reynolds involved production, I was expecting it to be a little more different. And it is edgy with the whole Glock in your pocket joke stuff. But I'm just, I guess I'm still concerned. I didn't see enough in the trailers to make me feel like it was different enough from the Lego movie to make it seem like it's standing on its own two feet. I still think that it's probably borrowing a lot from the premise of the Lego movie. And uh, maybe that'll work out in their favor because Lego movie people are now going to go see Free Guy. But for me, I guess I, I wanted a little more originality. I don't know. I can see that. I can see. I can see that. I just, I'm just in. I don't know why. I'm just in on this movie. And, and I, it could. There are, it, movies, there are movies that are like that. Like I'm in for underwater, and I know you would never be. <laughs> That's like, true. like I get it. I get it. You see something, and it appeals to you, and it intrigues you, and you want to go see it. That's awesome. But every time that I went to see Rise of Skywalker, I saw the trailer for Free Guy. And every time I saw it, all I thought of was the Lego movie. <laughs> and, you know, every time I saw the trailer for Tenet, I thought, okay, this looks a little bit like Bond meets Inception. Yeah. And that's fine. But it, it like, like, much like Free Guy... Uh, Tenant just seemed like a conglomeration of a lot of different concepts being put together into one movie, such as Bond and Inception and Doctor Who slash Doctor Strange. You know, there, there's all these other meta concepts that are all being trying to put together into one. And the only thing that makes me feel like it's actually going to do all right is the fact that it's being helmed by Christopher Nolan. Right. If there was anybody else trying to do this film, if it was a Michael Bay production, if it was a Guillermo del Toro production, if it was anybody else, I would be nervous about trying to pull off everything that they're trying to pull off. But if it's a Nolan film, then I have a little bit more hope. True. I greatly agree. All right. All so right. New Mutants, Black Widow, Soul, and Wonder Woman 5432. Uh, no Time to Die, Ghostbusters, Black Widow, and Free Guy, 5432 for you. On to our number ones, am I correct? Yeah, I think you are up next. All right, here we go. And as I mentioned, it was the trailer for this film that, uh, the, the most recent trailer, that kind of pushed me over the edge and vaulted it from number two to number one, if you look at my notes that I've got on my phone, I still have this movie in parentheses at number two. This is how recently I've changed my mind uh, <laughs> from basically from last week to this week. I, I have changed my list around a little bit to include the new mutants and then put this movie at the top of the list. Um, th there's just something about action, adventure, thriller, post-apocalyptic sense that I have always been really intrigued by. I, I really have loved the dystopian slash utopian look 
at how the world falls apart, yet humanity survives, and we pick up the broken pieces, and we try and make something of it. I'm just a sucker for those kinds of stories. You know, uh, Wally was like that. The 100 was like that. The Book of Eli. Uh, I Am Legend. You know, just so many. Even even The Walking Dead to certain aspects. There's just something about the world crumbling and how humanity decides to pick up the broken pieces and and learn from it. And even Bird Box was kind of that way. You know, the world's never going to be the same again now that the events that have transpired in Bird Box have happened. You know, nothing nothing's ever going to be the same. And that's the vibe that I get from this franchise. And the first film was like it had me on the edge of my seat the whole time. I was intrigued by the the new integration of the senses. I was intrigued by the characters. I was uh, I was I was very fascinated by how they were able to integrate sign language and deaf appreciation, which I, I know that the deaf community isn't really going to get much love on a podcast because you can't listen to the damn thing. <laughs> but I, I I appreciated it. And all of those things are coming back and then some moving the story forward while also getting some backstory on how it all happened in the first place. We're getting all of that and some new characters. And I'm, I'm just very, very happy to see that a quiet place is continuing with the second installment coming out later this year. A Quiet Place 2 has the most potential, I think, out of any of the movies that we've talked about. Uh, out of the sense of character development, world building, story progression, being different from anything else that we've seen, being something that is original, something that is exciting, thrilling, suspenseful, emotional. It's got all of these different things that you're looking for from an exciting film. And uh, I, I don't necessarily think it's going to be like a blockbuster. I don't think it's going to make a billion dollars or anything like that. But I do think that it's very good at what it does. And what it did for me last time was keep me on the edge of my seat every time I watched it. And that's rare for me these days. Like, I got tired during The Rise of Skywalker. Like there were some parts of the story of, of T Rose that 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 I just I had to like pinch myself to keep myself awake. Ditto with Endgame even. You know, certain exposition that they did in Endgame took a little while for me to, to get back into the groove. But with a quiet place, I was enthralled the entire time. And I'm hoping for more of the same with this sequel. The trailer that I just saw put it at number one over Wonder Woman. And unless I get a really epic Wonder Woman trailer to usurp it, I am probably most excited for A Quiet Place 2. That is very fair. And uh, yeah, as someone who is not caught up on that franchise, I'm I'm glad it's getting a sequel. I'm glad they're doing more with it. And I'm looking forward to actually doing that. Maybe, maybe, maybe... We'll talk about it on the show at some point. 
you know, when I get caught up or when, well, when Jake I mean, gets caught up. Or I don't whatever. think we ever did like a full review of it the the first time it came out. I think I did like a mini review on one of our other discussion episodes. Right. But like if we did a duology of those two films, I would be very on board with that. I I will say though, um I I I'm trying to think of like any other suspenseful film that you might have seen that I can draw a comparison to. Um, as far as the intensity and ambiguity of the threat, it actually reminded me of like Jaws in the forest. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That makes you sense. You know how like like people talk about the sharks but you don't see them, how you see their impact or you see like the carnage that they leave behind but you don't actually see the shark. Yeah. The first the first Quiet Place movie is a lot like that. You know that there's a threat, but you don't always see the threat, and if you do, it's for a very brief time. But you know just how uh, how much of an impact it has because of the way everybody behaves in the movie. It's all in response to avoiding encountering that threat. If that makes sense. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Yeah. So uh, the second movie looks to provide more of the same, and I'm excited. Indeed, indeed. All right. So, am my number one? May I? Uh, I I think it's I think it's that time. I think we've made it all the way through everything, and I've had my fair share of tangents. So, <laughs> uh, I I uh, I will yield the floor to you, sir. Wonder Woman 1984 is the number one for me, and I don't think it's a big surprise. You know, I, I've I've made my uh, love of the Wonder Woman franchise uh, very clear on this podcast many times before, and you know that trailer was great. And I mean, just the whole concept of this movie, you know, bringing her into the future, but not all the way into the future. Like it would have been easy just to do something in the modern day. Um, this is a really inventive thing, and you know, yeah, 80s nostalgia obviously is is very hip nowadays. In the 2020s, people love the 80s from 40 years ago. Um, but uh, yeah, and just you know, bringing Diana into that into the future, but still the past for us, but also bringing back uh, Steve Trevor, who I really enjoyed as a character. I really loved their dynamic, and I was bummed that he died at the big last. Uh, part of the first film and so now that he's back I don't know how he's back it seems contrived that he is back but I don't care because I love that character and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with him and do with Diana and see you know and having Pedro Pascal who is having the having the the best decade of his life right now um seriously um he's everywhere and uh, having him as Maxwell Lord is going to be really interesting. Such a fantastic actor, and uh, he's getting to see him do stuff without a helmet on is going to be fun too. So, uh, yeah, all around, eighty four Wonder Woman is going to be, I I think, really fantastic. I think the first Wonder Woman was clearly one of the strongest DC films we've seen so far, and uh, yeah. Looking forward to this one, seeing how this rounds it out and moves it into the future, but past. It was it was the best DCU film to date, and then Aquaman happened. 
I would agree with that. But uh, it's still, it, I, I, I love the story that it tells, and I love um, how basically it's the way that Diana's raised that allows her to be such a force in the real world. And none of the uh, women's empowerment that happens through the film feels forced. None of it feels like it's being brought on to you or that the director is trying to like push some sort of agenda on you. It it's more of like a statement of, Hey, this is how it should have been all along. And I think that's one of the things that I really love about wonder woman's character and her persona is that the way she carries herself and, and the way she takes care of herself and takes care of business, takes care of others, you recognize that all women are capable of this. And it it doesn't take a superhero to be able to take care of others. And that that's just really inspiring how they naturalize that type of empowerment. And how people can take that and run with it and be inspired by it and do so much because of what she's done. And now she gets to continue that legacy with this film. Uh, I'm excited to see what kind of story they're going to tell, what kind of obstacles she's going to face, how Steve is going to be playing into all that. Like you said, how Pedro Pascal is going to be playing into all of that. There's, there's definitely there's definitely a lot of questions left to be answered and a lot of fun left to be had. And I'm, I'm ready for all of it very much. So absolutely completely agree. Yeah. So that, that's going to be really one of the big ones this year. Um, I still, you know, it helps that there's not a whole lot of competition this year, but I still think even if there was like, I think people have been really, cause this movie got delayed. It was supposed to come out last year. And uh, now we're, we're finally getting it this year. So uh, the hype is building. I think it was probably a smart move to, do, to wait a little bit, though, because like we said, 2019 was full of movies. I think it was going to be in November, which would have put I mean, it. it even, even then, even then, something that is this full of really great movies it probably would have fallen into making less than it would this summer. Oh yeah, I mean, and in in the winter months, you've you've especially in 2019, it was Frozen Two, it was Jumanji, it was Star Wars. There was a lot of strong competition. I think she can really thrive in this year, um, yeah, because there's just not a lot going on, and she can really stand out. Yeah, and and I mean. If she, if Wonder Woman 1984 had been a 2019 release, it probably would have still been like in my top five, but it probably would have been like in the five or four region. With the yeah. with the with the lesser competition out there, it gives her the opportunity to be in even more of a spotlight than she would have been last year. Oh yeah, I, absolutely. I think I think there would have been a lot of comparisons to Endgame. I think there would have been a lot of comparisons to just other superhero flicks in general but now 2020 has the opportunity to be like the year of the woman superhero because you're going to have wonder woman and you're going to have black widow and and you you have the potential of i think 
at the end of the year, probably Black Widow or Wonder Woman or both of them will be like the top grossing movies of the year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's very possible considering the other stuff that's out there. Yeah. Like that's 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 a very distinct possibility. And that's a really cool thing to think about that if those two become like the one two top grossing of the year, it's it's going to be a pretty big statement for women superheroes and just women leads in general mm-hmm. being able to say that these were the top two highest grossing films of the entire year like that would that would just be great in so many ways having having a majority of the superhero films from two different studios um being female led is darn good and about damn time yep yep 100% agree well while wow. we're talking about the <laughs> female leads i guess that's a a good segue into the quote of the night yeah it is we we were talking about wonder woman we were talking a little bit about black widow and when we were talking about what the quote was going to be we kind of bounced around a few different ideas we were like oh it could be this one oh it could be that one but uh i think i think one of the best examples of like the the female emotional strength, the woman uh, emotional strength is the uh, sequence in the original Avengers movie where Black Widow basically plays Loki for a sucker. <laughs> That's great. And, and Loki's supposed to be the clever one. He's supposed to be the smart one. He's supposed to be the one that outfoxes everyone else. And he ends up getting outfoxed. And it's super clever. It's super well-written like everything about this sequence is so cool because it doesn't involve any action and yet brings out the best in both of these characters. And it's just, it's, it's so fun to watch. It is a wonderful scene. And I guess instead of just talking about it, we'll, we'll let them actually listen to that little scene in tonight's quote of the night. There's not many people who can sneak up on me. But you figured I'd come. After. After whatever tortures Fury can concoct, you would appear as a friend, as a bomb. And I would cooperate. I want to know what you've done to Agent Barton. I'd say I've expanded his mind. Once you've won, once you're king of the mountain, what happens to his mind? Is this love, Agent Ramanov? Love is for children. I owe him a debt. Tell me. Before I worked for S.H.I.E.L.D., I, uh... Well, I made a name for myself. I have a very specific skill set. I didn't care who I used it for or on. I got on S.H.I.E.L.D.'s radar in a bad way. Agent Barton was sent to kill me. He made a different call. And what will you do if I vow to spare him? Not let you out. Oh, no, but I like this. Your world in the balance, and you bargained for one man. 
Regimes fall every day. I tend not to weep over that. I'm Russian. Where I was. And what are you now? It's really not that complicated. I got red in my ledger. I'd like to wipe it out. Can you? Can you wipe out that much red? Drakov's daughter. Sao Paulo. The hospital fire. Barton told me everything. Your ledger is dripping. It's gushing red, and you think saving a man no more virtuous than yourself will change anything? This is the basest sentimentality. This is a child at prayer. Pathetic! You lie and kill in the service of liars and killers. You pretend to be separate, to have your own code, something that makes up for the horrors. But they are part of you. And they will never go away. I won't touch Barton, not until I make him kill you. Slowly, intimately, in every way he knows you fear. And then he'll wake just long enough to see his good work. And when he screams, I'll split his skull. This is my bargain, you mewling quim. You're a monster. <laughs> oh, no. You brought the monster. So, Banner. That's your play. What? Loki means to unleash the Hulk. Keep Banner in the lab. I'm on my way. Send Thor as well. Thank you for your cooperation. I don't know. What I love about that scene is the fact that it's it illustrates the skill and just the the depth of Natasha's like skills you know in regards to like she as you said totally plays Loki for a fool but then in in that moment you're kind of feeling her and she's playing it so vulnerable so you know she gets emotional and acts like Loki is getting through to her Mm -hmm. and realizes that it's not the case but it's great and like yeah I love it when an actor can portray themselves as actors because that's what she's doing. She's acting. She's putting on a show for Loki to kind of get him in the place where she wants him. And that's absolutely what a spy would be able to do. A spy would be able to just act the hell out of it and get somebody right where they want him to say the right thing and, you know, get that piece of information, which is, you know, Natasha, you know, Loki is ultimately his goal is to get through the banner. And, uh, yeah, so that's just, it's a great scene. And, you know, act, you know, it, it helps that you have two magnificent actors playing against each other. Um, Very true. So, yeah, and just, you know, that, that, that script from Whedon, though, helps too. That, uh, he, he does, that movie is so brilliant. That is also true. That is, yeah. Uh, <sighs> no arguments from me on either account. Um, which also, while we're talking about it, 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 I think it's worth mentioning that uh, we can look forward to a Tom Hiddleston Loki series in the not too distant future on Disney Plus. That is very true, and so, we're going to be getting that. Yeah, I think it's in production now. I think or soon to be. 
Um, so yeah, that's going to be, I'm looking forward to Disney plus is kind of, kind of scarce <laughs> for content right now. It really is. So I'm looking forward to when they start releasing the Marvel shows. I think that's going to really, I think Mando has kind of set the precedent for like what we can expect from Disney plus. And if, well, if, I mean, Clone Wars is next month though. You're right. You're right. Clone Wars is next. That's the one I'm really focused on. But uh, once we get past that, that's only going to last a few fleeting weeks, which makes me sad. But uh, it'll be fun while it lasts, and then we'll get to. Are they doing like an episode per week or an arc per week? We don't know. I would assume, considering how Disney Plus is set up, it will be one episode per week. Well, but that's three months of content, then, isn't it? Because they're doing three story arcs. If that's the case, then yes. And if that's so, then hell yes. February, March, April, it'll take you pretty much right up until the summer, and then that's when Black Widow comes out, is in May. They could do it arc by arc. I don't think so, but maybe. I I hope not. I hope not. String us along. Let it it sit. Let us take in each episode. I really want to do that the the right way, the old school way. I I remember that old school way when uh, it was on Cartoon Network and we had yep. that um that Citadel trilogy. Oh man. Man, I was an emotional wreck when Echo fell in that second episode. And, like yeah. I oh, my Alexa's mad at me for saying that word. <laughs> Oops. I, I changed I changed the word from Alexa to something else because every time I said Alexa or, or not every time I said it, every time it said it on a commercial, my my little dot speaker would end up answering the question as well as the little dot speaker in the commercial. And so it just it got way too annoying. So I changed the, the response word. But now I can't say that word anymore because then Alexa thinks I'm talking to her. Oops. Oh boy. Oh boy. But boy. I I lost it when when he when when he was shot and I was like, oh my gosh, they can't be doing this to my Domino Squad. You can't get rid of them like this. And I had to wait a whole week to figure out what happened next and. That that's one of the few times that like a, a an episodic cliffhanger has left me just really, really craving more. And I'm hoping that we get some more of that type of feeling with uh, with the Clone Wars. Yeah, I remember back when the biggest problem in Star Wars fandom was people losing their damn minds during the Umbar arc for four weeks straight. Oh my gosh, yes. And, uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, the ending of that first episode where they're still on the main drag and they're getting shot at from all sides, and then it, like, iris outs and goes to the credits. I'm like, no! No, 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 no! <laughs> you can't do that to me! I remember, I also remember Hard Case basically being heavy 2.0. <laughs> yes, I loved him. Which I was not opposed to that because I love Heavy, but I I just wish they'd found a way to keep him around or like try and find a way to revive him or extract some of his DNA. And that's that's why Hard Case is, is kind of loopy is because 
they took some of Heavy's DNA and tried to like create another clone that was similar to him or something like that. And that's why he's a little different from the rest of them is because he's meant to be another iteration of Heavy and meant to be in like ARC Trooper training, but things kind of went wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, man, so many good memories, and hopefully some new memories we're coming up on pretty quickly. That's very true. Lots of memories to be made here in 2020, but you made a memory while on your road trip, and uh, you kind of mentioned to me that you wanted to talk about it on uh, this this episode as we kicked off the new decade. Is that right? Well, it uh, I think it has something to do with our next segment. Yes, it does. It does indeed. So... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let that tie directly into what we're trying to talk about. So, folks, it's time for the first food-related discussion on the IPC podcast of the new year and of the new decade. So get out those hashtags and put them on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go find us at those places at IPC Podcast. And go find us on social media. You can find me at Zach underscore DFW. And you can find Ben at Ben Hart with no E. Go find us on one of those platforms and let us know that you're using the hashtag. Because it is time, one more time, for everybody's favorite IPC hashtag. And that would be hashtag BBQ Watch. Barbecue. 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 All right, so on your excursions, you ended up going through uh, the city that never sleeps. Well, that's that's New York, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. New York is a city that never sleeps, but this city truly never does sleep. It's practically open like 24 hours. There's something always going on in this city, and you just happened to come across some barbecue when you were going through as well. I'm really intrigued by what you found. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I might go come back to this and do it in parts um, because there's some really good food that we got in Las Vegas because that was one of our big stops on the way home. But uh, I want to bring attention to a little place um, called, uh, and I'm, I'm forgetting the name right now, but it's a restaurant for, from Guy Fieri or Guy Fieri or however you pronounce his name, the guy from yeah. Diners, Drive-ins, Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives. There, I said it. I said it correctly that time. Um, so he has a restaurant in Las Vegas, and it's called Guy Fieri's Vegas. Okay, that's a really original name. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, he has a really cool restaurant there, and we saw it, and like, okay, we started looking at the menu. It looks pretty good. So I will reveal the other menu items maybe on a future episode, but I want to mainly talk about the barbecue aspect of it, which was what my dad got, and it was a almost like a half slab of ribs, and it came with kind of this shredded coleslaw, and the ribs were pretty darn good. They were really good. They're you know they come out on this big platter. They're really good in the presentation. They looked really good. They had some sauce on them, 
And uh, I actually have a picture of these. If you go to my Instagram, at Ben Hart with no E, if you look through my Vegas photos, go all the way to the end, you'll see a picture of this. And it's really good. And the ribs were actually really good because sometimes you get you get ribs at a place that like doesn't really sell like barbecue. And it's just like they had this side thing with ribs. Occasionally, they're not very good. But this was actually really good. So hats off to Guy Fieri for uh, some good eating. And uh, I got something cool. But I'm not going to say right now. I'm going to save it for later because uh, we are running close to shows on time tonight. But uh, I wanted to give a shout-out to that place because it was really good really good stuff. A lot of good eating in Vegas, but uh, that especially was a highlight. Dude, I, I, I know that you can be kind of particular about your barbecue. I can too. Um, but for you to say that you enjoyed the ribs, that um, – that's pretty high praise because I, I told your parents this in person and I'll tell people here publicly on the podcast that your ribs at Rob's BBQ on the side is still to this day, the best ribs I've ever had. And that is a mighty high compliment. If I'm saying I, I don't, I don't say it lightly. I don't, but for you to say that you found some in Vegas that are pretty good, that must mean they are good. Cause you guys, in my opinion, are the best I've ever known when it comes to rib preparation. And for for you to have those kinds of ribs available at your restaurant and then to go to another ones and try some other ones and say that they're good, then that's some high praise. So if you're in the Mississippi area, go down south <laughs> to the coast. And if you're in the Vegas area, then I guess go try out the ribs out there. Because they must be pretty good. Not bad at all. Not bad. Oh man, I, I'm I'm curious if we just need to have like a Vegas barbecue segment for the next couple of weeks to hear some more of your adventures. Because hey, I I'm, know we're getting short yeah. on time tonight, but I would I would just love to hear about your road trip in general. Like we just pick different destinations that you stop at, and we talk about the different food that you had over the course of this cross country road trip. Maybe I am totally down for that. I think it'll make for some good barbecue watching over the next few weeks. Okay, well, then let's make some loose plans to do that. And hopefully you guys make some loose plans to join us on next week's episode, whatever that may end up being. Be sure to check previous episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and StarWarsUnderworld.com. Or if you want to find our entire library of episodes, you can do so at ipcpodcast.podbean.com. Pod as in podcast, bean as in green bean, ipcpodcast.podbean.com. And if you're looking for IPC swag, we've got everything from our logo to our barbecue watch segment available in the form of mugs, notebooks, hoodies, shirts, whatever you may want. It's all there at tpublic.com slash user slash ipcpodcast, teepublic.com slash user slash IPC podcast. I would recommend taking a listen to Skywalker pod when you get the chance. If you haven't had the chance yet, four and a half hours of unfettered, awesome star Wars conversation. Absolutely. And uh, a lot of really great insight about this final installment of this uh, sequel trilogy. And hopefully gets you excited about all the star Wars that is still yet to come. There's a lot of comics a lot of books. Project Luminous is on the horizon, and I think you guys talked about that uh, to some depth on the SWU podcast recently, so mm -hmm. there's still a lot to look forward to in the galaxy far, far away, 
and uh, you can hear us talk about it, and you can hear the guys over at Star Wars Underworld talk about it too. Absolutely, yeah. Each and every week we got a podcast for Mandalorian, Radio Razorcrest. Each, ep- each episode breaking down, and we were both on that uh, show past couple episodes. And then uh, and we also got Kazutacast for Star Wars Distance. And uh, so lots of good podcasting on StarWarsUnderworld.com, including IPC. Oh, man. So many podcasts, so little time. And uh, speaking of time, I think it is time for us to call it a night. Ben, I'm really looking forward to 2020 and all that it has to offer in the small screen and on the big screen. And looking forward to talking about all of it with you this coming year, my friend. Absolutely. Cannot wait. This is going to be a fantastic year. I can already feel it. I can feel it. It's going to be a great podcasting year. No. Oh, well done. Well done. I think you I think you pulled that off as well I, as it I, could I, be. I'm, I'm no Phil Collins, and I'm not that great at improv. That's why I was never on Whose Line Is It Anyway? But uh, we are going to be on another episode of the IPC podcast uh, a week from now. Don't know what the topic is yet, so go find us on social media to find out what it's going to be. We'll tell you sometime next week. IPC podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Go find us and be sure to tune in next week right here on channel1138.com. But that's going to do it for tonight's episode. For Benjamin Hart, I'm Zach Arnold. Thank you for tuning in this week. We hope that you'll tune in next week. That's going to do it for Season 2, Episode 18 of the IPC Podcast. But until next week, we just want to leave you with this closing thought. Strength of character can defeat strength in numbers. And we hope to see a number of you next week right here on IPC. But until then, good night, everyone. Traveling in a fire.com On a hippie trail head full of zombies. I met a strange lady. She made me nervous. She took me in and gave you come from a land down under A women go and men wonder Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder You better run, you better take cover
Alright, well, we are gonna go in three, two, one. Give me a break, give me a break. I wanna take a break of that Kit Kat bar. Give me a break, give me a break. I wanna break a piece of that Kit Kat bar. I can feel it. It's gonna be a great podcasting year. Hello. I can hear you, but you can't hear me. Let me just... I'm not loving it. Give me a break. Give me a break. Give me a break. Give me a break.